0: Knockback is brought to you by thousands of supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash CollinsLastStand. If you want to show your support for Knockback, as well as CLS's PlayStation podcast Sacred Symbols, the eclectic interview series Fireside Chats, and the YouTube gaming series SideQuest, please consider going to Patreon and pledging for a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. Your Patreon support doesn't only ensure that CLS continues to produce the content you love, like Knockback, but you can get cool perks, too, depending on your level of support. You can get early access to each episode of Fireside Chats, Sacred Symbols and Knockback totally ad-free. You can vote for show topics and provide feedback to be right on air. You can listen to exclusive podcasts only available to patrons and much more. Your support is essential if Colin's Last Stand is to continue well into the future, so please consider showing some love. Again, that's patreon.com/colinslaststand. Thank you for your kindness, generosity and support. Without you, CLS wouldn't exist. But enough of that. On to the show. Greetings and salutations! Welcome back to Knockback. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined, as always, I don't have anything clever to say about this topic. My brother, what? Dagan Moriarty. I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't. I don't have it in me right now. <laughs> it's late. It is late, but it's also just it's it. We're, you know this topic of Knockback is about the
1: mall. The mall. Valley girl, Dagan Moriarty. Attention, Knockback shoppers. Whoa. We have a great deal today on podcasts.
0: Yeah, we do because yes, it's free. Do. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to, you know, pay us over a Patreon, which you can do, of course. That's not of a course. setup, by the way. That wasn't intended. No, not at all. That was cl- that was brilliant, though, I must say. For the uninitiated, Knockback is a retro and nostalgia themed podcast I do with my brother every week. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand if you want early week early, actually add free access to our show and other perks like submitting questions, comments, concerns, thoughts and ideas to the show to be read on the air, exclusive podcasts, etc. If not, you can listen to us on free feeds. We appreciate you either way and we hope you are doing very well. We're in Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia. It is a little after midnight. We just got back from the diner. Yes, we did. Dagan and I had a little gamble today, a little bet. We've (laughs) gone to this diner three times in a row. We've gone to this diner probably cumulatively 12 times in the last year. Dagan's gone there more than that, but together, we always go really late at night. So there's always this waitress that waits on us. There's a nice woman, maybe a little bit aloof, though, because she always actually she doesn't know us. We went three nights ago or two nights ago, I guess. And then we went last night and she like halfway through remembered that we were there the night before halfway through it. And so then we made a bet when we went there today to see if she would remember us. But we went a little too early because we went before midnight, I guess it wasn't her shift or maybe she was off or whatever. That that might be what it was. Yeah, you're right. So she wasn't there. And so we don't really know how that concludes. And what I was telling Dagan is I won't be back in Philly until April. Dagan's going to come out to L.A. and in uh, February to record more of these and so we're going to have to reset the clock. She's certainly not going to remember us. She didn't remember us within <laughs> no. a 24 hour period. A four month period is going to be a lot of trouble for this woman.
1: And she's waited on us. How
0: many times Would you say? A good seven. Times. Yeah, seven to eight times probably. Yeah. In
1: total. Yeah. I don't know. Tonight it was like a totally different crew. It was like a bunch of young kids. Yeah, it was. We were kind of not very familiar faces. Nice people as well. Yeah, nice people. But nice they people. ruined our bet. They
0: did ruin our bet. And I ordered the same thing three nights in a row. I have no imagination when it comes to food. Oh at Yeah, the how was
1: it? It was, was it good. consistent.
0: It, oh, it was very consistent. That's why, you know, I like to eat the same things that I, you know, that I enjoy. You know, I got a cheeseburger with extra American cheese, fries with American cheese melted over them, a nice Coca-Cola. Actually, they have Pepsi products. So it's always awkward. And when you go to a place enough times, then, they're, you know, you just say Pepsi right off the bat. So you don't even have to have that conversation. You already know. You know, can I have a Coke? Is Pepsi all right? Right. You know, you just have to skip that whole thing. That saved us three <laughs> seconds of our lives, which is nice. Now, Dagan, today's episode is about the malls of the 80s and 90s. And this is actually an episode that I believe patrons over at Collins, I stands, Patreon voted for. So we thank you for that. If you join us over there at the $2 or up level each month, you get to vote. In addition to a bunch of other perks, you get to vote on what topics we cover on the show each month. You know, we give you one topic slot a month. So we do like three or four of our own and then we do one of yours. This is one of yours. And we wanted to talk about our experiences at the mall in the 80s for Dagan and in the 90s for Dagan and I. And this is more of one of those amorphous episodes that we do similar to the video store and other ones where it's going to be a lot of, about of our experiences, not so much history and not so much all of that. But I think this is going to be a fun episode. You guys have some interesting letters and comments and memories that we want to share with you as well that you wrote in about. So, Dagan, how do you feel about this topic?
1: I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this because even my memories, I'm old enough to even, you know, sort of go into the 70s as well. My, my recollections of the malls from the 70s, which I have, you know, some sort of recollection of. Didn't change that much from the seventies to the eighties, but we'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, I'm excited you know? about it. I I'm mean, excited th-
1: about it too. To put a l- just to put a little bit of an historical spin on it,
0: just so we can set the stage, mm-hmm. the mall as we know it. You know, I was doing a little bit of research. I was doing a little bit of reading about it, and the mall as we know it, depending on who you ask and what you read, is either about a hundred years old, but more acutely probably since World War II ended, late forties, early fifties, kind of the mall as we know it with its anchor stores and stuff. And I found this really interesting statistic that I think says it all. Between 1947 and 1952, the suburban population of America increased 43 percent and malls were designed to kind of give an all-in-one shopping experience to suburban audience or suburban consumers, I guess I should say, not audiences. And suburbia was kind of a new phenomenon in the post-war period. And so these structures of commerce, these bastions of commerce were designed, I guess, to accommodate the more upper middle class and middle class consumers that lived in these post-World War II neighborhoods and these kind of boom towns, these post-World War II boom towns. And so that's kind of the environment that we all lived in. And sadly, malls just aren't opening anymore. Malls are kind of dying. And and we're going to get into that, I think, a little bit, too. But I guess we'll just start right off the bat, Dagan, by talking about what your earliest memories
1: or what your kind of memories and remembrances are of your mall experiences. And we can go from there. I'm, I'm really grateful that we get the opportunity to talk about it, because, you know, when you talk about nostalgia, this is a great nostalgic topic, especially as we mentioned, because malls, as we all know, are going the way of the dodo slowly or not so slowly going the way of the dodo, you know, especially with the advent of your Amazons and your Ebays and those sort of your online shopping experiences on the computer, even getting, they're only proliferating and getting larger and larger now. So I think we're seeing the malls slowly go the way of the dodo, fortunately or unfortunately, however you feel, but very nostalgic topic. And we all you know, growing up in the seventies, and the eighties, and nineties, we've this is what we grew up with. We grew up with the malls. So it's always been a part of our life, and I love that we have the opportunity to really discuss it. But you know what? You want to start? Let's go back and start with our our, our opening segment. Yes, I almost forgot. I've been forgetting more often than not recently. Your notebooks are right there. I know you're are looking these for. These not it. very. Are these not very
0: memorable. No, they are. I'm just a little bit of a haze. <laughs> purple haze. Purple. I
1: wish I was in a purple haze. <laughs> but no, it's cold. It is. You're not and you're not used to that anymore. You're not accustomed to that. No, I'm a little
0: tired.
1: Yeah. You know, working
0: hard. But We're working and we're getting things done. But no, I actually like this. This new segment we're doing, as you know, Dagan introduces and then removes from very right (laughs) under your nose are these these special segments that we like to do. This one is called what do we call it? truth or dare? But truth. Right exactly and it's a different question we can't really do a dare can't we really could, do it dare. it wouldn't be exciting on audio we think. could
1: just pretend we're doing that yeah just... you just sit
0: here and we can like give you like some fake narration if you It'd want be like
1: old radio drama we'll have the sound effect things, exactly the coconuts you know? and whatnot you know all the sound effects yeah the coconuts exactly <laughs> so i'm gonna ask colin a question and in the spirit of candidness, he's going to answer it as truthfully as he can. A little fun thing. Nothing, nothing, too, nothing too crazy. Nothing too exploitive. Okay. Maybe next time we'll do something. It's a little something more Yeah. Ex- explo- Exploit me. Go ahead. <laughs> Why not? So, Kyle, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yes. I have a few left. We could roll it over to the next round. The yeah, other please. The that we don't get to. This isn't our last episode either. No, we though. have I'm two recorded. more to do, including this. So one more after this. Yeah, one more if after if this. If I'm not mistaken. So, I was going to ask you. Have you ever... Wait, do I want to read this one yet? Or do I want to save this one for last? No, this is this one's okay. Is there a specific thing that you really like a lot that you hide from everybody or that you have hidden from everybody? And I'll give you an example. We'll okay, start please. with me. Okay, please. I don't know how much I've admitted this in public before, but for instance, I'm a big fan of the Gilmore Girls. Oh. Not a lot of people know that. I haven't admitted it to many people. <laughs> why? Are, why is that? um you know what truthfully i'm not really that embarrassed to be a fan of the gilmore mm. girls i think it's a charming show and i loved it and i loved it when they when they brought it back i thought that was really good too but it just never comes up in conversation very often i guess Yeah. why would it you know why would it have you are you familiar with the gilmore Girls? of course of course do you understand why i might be a little embarrassed yeah well, i mean
0: it's a it's a show for women <laughs> but i mean that's the way it is with me with like down abbey or yeah, 90210. I love that, too. I love loved all three
1: of those. Things.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love 90210. I started watching it again a few months ago. I told, I think you, you did. Yeah. yeah. See, the, the problem with this particular question for me is that I'm completely shameless. You you don't hide I don't anything care. like this. I mean, we had an entire music topic where I went on and on about how Creed and Limp Bizkit are still good bands. Like, That's I don't true. care. What do I care? That's true. So you don't have anything that you've no, kept covert as far as like interests and stuff. like that, I mean, all of us have our deep, deep and dark secrets. Sure. Of course. Right. Maybe some, maybe some less dark than others. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about this. You know, I like pop music. Right. You, you know, do. I listen to Ariana Grande. Is that how you say her? Grande? I thought, Grande? Gr- I thought it was Grande. But- I think it is Ariana. The sad thing is, is that I don't even know because I don't listen to the radio. I just you listen to it. it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know exactly how to say name, But I like some of her songs. You know, I like a lot of I, I guess I like kind of uh, I'm attracted to some sort of you know, I think it's because of growing up with Dana and Allie to an extent, too. But I think I'm attracted to female centric things like female centric entertainment I hear that. Bit.
1: Sure. Absolutely. And
0: I don't really care, you know, what people think about that. So, you know, I love period pieces and I'm not trying to be sexist in any way. I just think that a lot of these things are catered more to. Like, I don't think anyone would deny that 90210 is catered t- towards girls. Right. I don't think anyone would deny that Party of Five was catered to girls. I don't think that anyone would deny that Downton Abbey is catered to 70 year old women. You know, I don't, yes. And no one's a bigger seven year old woman. Than Colin that's Lord absolutely Hardy. true.
1: Where so, do we stand on Barbie?
0: I used to play with Barbies when I was younger with uh, Dana and Alex. That's Allie. true. You had big sisters, so that was a, almost like a given. And they used to dress me up as a girl. <laughs> You're right. I can't even say it before you say it. You are. You really? Well, I have are no shameless. shame. I'm an open book. I think that's part of what makes our show fun, and what part of what I think attracts hopefully fans to me is that I just don't really hide anything from anyone. What, Which is, you know, what do I care if people are going to judge me because I listen to some of these some of this music or watch some of these shows like, oh, well, you know, absolutely. I'm definitely not a macho man by any stretch of the imagination. Wear so. your heart on your sh- on your sleeve, my S- friend. Sure. So I like it. It's an interesting question. I'd have to think deeper about it to know. But I, I don't think so. Like I don't think that I hide anything that I'm or, you know, I did tell this story, I think, on Twitter. So I'll give you an interesting story that is a little embarrassing because it's it's <laughs> sure, certainly strange and it's not something you do like in, in amongst people you didn't know or sure you know, in a restaurant setting or anything like that. Right. But What I love to do, this might be what you're talking about, but maybe not.
1: Yeah, this could be, this could be included. I There's this at.
0: very specific kind of tortilla chip that I buy. Okay. And I don't even know the name of it off the top of my head. It's just it comes in this white bag. They're really cheap. I buy them at Safeway or Vons or whatever. And they're really salty. And I buy Lucerne medium cheddar cheese. I buy it like by the pound. Like okay. this, stuff. I go through cheddar cheese like it's nobody's business and i place them on a plate and i place each chip very carefully i make like a puzzle so none of them are overlapping nice i dump massive amounts of cheese on them okay then i put another layer of chips and then i dump a massive amount of cheese on. put them in the microwave for two minutes so you're making like a plate of nachos right yeah i'll eat a few of the chips then i will one by one take the chips and peel all the cheese off the chips throw the chips away and just eat the salty melted cheddar cheese. Really? In like little balls that I make. Yeah. What? and And I do this five times a week. <laughs> yeah, you're hiding this because you, I've been there a lot this year in 2018 and I've never seen you do this. Yeah, it might have been one of those times where you pass out on the couch at nine o'clock when I'm trying to show you an episode of Black Mirror or something like that. You might do it by that point. <laughs> <You> no, <know, laughs> usually I get a little stone and... You know, I'm watching oh you know, something. God. I'm watching football highlights, or I'm whatever I'm doing. You know, getting ready to play a video game. So yeah, I basically make nachos and then throw the chips out and just eat the cheese. That's unbelievable because the cheese absorbs. It gets there's something about microwaved Lucerne cheddar cheese, specifically medium medium cheddar cheese. It gets this like rubbery texture. Yeah. Sometimes I cut raw onions up and put it in the cheese, like mix oh it up with the cheese. God. And but it absorbs. I was telling Aaron, it's kind of ingenious actually, because. <laughs> You know, chip, you know, these corn chips have carbs in them. I mean, that's not a huge deal for some people. I'm trying to cut down on the carbs a little bit. I'm oh, trying is to eat that why you fewer get rid- carbs. Well, that's kind of why I started to do it. Okay. It basically tastes like the chip. OK. Without the chip. And you just eat globs of cheese. And I'm telling you, I'm eating like a half a pound of cheddar cheese at a time. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. There's something that fits into the line. Of and question. Aaron's the only person I would ever really do that. And I would do it in front of you. But I guess, you know. Yeah. What do I care about? gonna hide that. So I guess that's kind of an All answer right. to your question.
1: I, I like it. It is an answer to my question. It I eat
0: in. so much cheese. It's ludicrous how much cheese I eat. Like just cheddar cheese. I love it. Just love it. I
1: live for it. Cheddar's uh, better for you than American cheese. Would you say for that particular? Well, for that thing, for nachos. I don't
0: know that I'd eat them. It's a little weird. Eating American cheese by itself is a little skeevy to me.
1: I love American yeah, cheese. I, I, love I feel it. the same way. I love it. I love it on a lot of different. But things. just taking a raw slice of it and eating. Yeah, that's slice. a little gross. Yeah, I don't like the taste of it, actually. Yeah, Isn't it's a weird? little
0: it's fine, but it's not really like for me, you know? Yeah. Cheddar cheese I can eat because it has a very neutral taste. And the funny thing is, is that when I take out the bag, Lola identifies the bag. the bag. She knows the bag. She knows the sound of it and stuff. And she can be asleep in the other room or doing something else. And she alerts and comes in because I sprinkle a little bit on top of her food. Oh, the, the cheese. cheese before oh, I before my put it in the microwave. He loves that. They, the dogs are all about the cheese. They love it. They really do. It's really interesting, though, because we feed her well, probably a little too much. She loves McDonald's french fries and other things. We, oh, she we eats her. a lot of the table food. Yeah, she more from Aaron than from me. But she's she's not a beggar either. She just is. She's alert and she's an opportunist. You know, she'll go lick the floor and the kitchen okay. and stuff like that. You know, trying to get any scraps she can. Of course, she's a dog. But what's interesting about watching her eat. And I suppose this is with all dogs, but she's the first dog I ever really had and been around for a long period of time. Is that it doesn't seem like she's tasting it like I could give her anything like why does it have to be the cheese like you're not it it's just going straight down your gullet She's inhaling it yeah I'm like so what does it matter if it's like literally dog food yeah or if it's cheese or if it's I a agree. piece of sausage on a french fry or just dog food they it's suck just it going right down, down your gullet right down you don't taste it's it's strange to me because I'm like are you taste am I missing something I here? I don't think they taste it. I don't think so. It's they a survival get thing. They just suck down the food. They get amped up about it because you can leave a bowl like Lola is a totally responsible eater. She's not a fat dog like we and we keep food out for her. all No, time. She's, she's not. She's not fat. She's, one of, she's not one of those dogs that will just eat whatever's in front of her. Like, like a, you know, if I put a bowl of food out, sometimes she will go for no for inexplicably. She can go a day without eating. Sometimes she just doesn't eat, you yeah. know, and then she'll just eat two bowls of food. But she's like not one of these dogs that like where you put food in front of her. You have to kind of like meet her how much you feed her. Like we just leave a full bowl of food out for her and she'll eat it when she eats it so it's a little weird to me that she just absorbs. You know, I hear that. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're like vacuums. They are. It's very interesting. But yeah, so that's what I do with. I basically make nacholess nachos. Okay, it's basically just cheese, <laughs> cheese, balls. and sometimes raw onion. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> now I used to fry onions and then do it. Oh, but that's wow. like a whole nother step, right? Because you got to take the pan out. You got to put the Pam spray on it. Right. Got to cut up the onion. You got to sit there. It's smoking. Yeah. Takes time. It's a whole big to do. You don't want appo- to do that? No. As opposed to, I go through Vidalia onions like I go through water. You know, <laughs> so I am the uh, the son of onion man. You are.
1: Yeah, the onion hasn't fallen too far from the onion tree. No,
0: even though onions are subterranean root vegetables, but they grow on trees.
1: Well, I would wish they did because I'd have an onion tree if they did. <laughs>
0: How do you, feel? do you like onions? Yeah, I like
1: onions. Yeah, but you don't like them like me and dad like them. No, you know who actually likes onions in their food more than me is Helene. She like really likes onions, uh, like sauteed onions on her burger and stuff like that, on her turkey burger especially. She's really, she's really more into onions than me. I could take them or leave them, but I like them just fine. Yeah, I like onion. Dude, onion is like a special thing. You really love onion. You eat raw onion burgers and stuff that really points to you liking onions a lot yeah they, it's just such a complimentary thing the funny thing is is that the one
0: cuisine that people kind of associate it with us with is is italian food and i don't cook with onion at all when i cook italian that's a good point i don't
1: either i don't like putting either.
0: onion in sauce and stuff is so weird
1: no that's and when garlic sauces, comes no out. yeah oh, garlic is essential absolutely essential meatballs sauce whatever you're gonna make i think if a yeah. vampire ever bit into my neck they would die immediately <laughs> Between all the onion and the garlic, especially huh. the garlic, especially cooking with garlic, because then you smell like it for a couple of days.
0: Yeah, and I always, you know, loved like on Thanksgiving, I cooked, you know, our gravy, or, you know, which was Italians called sauce, or Italians called gravy. You all, you Normies call it sauce. And for me, I went, you know, out to throw something out, or I went to get something, and I came back in and just didn't realize
1: how much it, sm- how it smelled in the hallway. Oh, so absolutely, it, was, it permeates. It in was a wonderful. good way though. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's, I knew you were making that on Thanksgiving. That came out good. Oh, it, it came out great, and I would love to just
0: bathe in garlic and just rub it all over my naked body. It's so. Good. I don't
1: understand why you can't do that. I mean, I could. You absolutely could. Wait I till could. Aaron goes to work one day. It's just you and Lola. I want put her, her away watch. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Every time I say something like that, I get. I think of one of the people that we know that listened to the show. Every time I make an <laughs> inappropriate comment, someone I know that listens to the show comes into my mind. Who?
1: That time it was Derek. Okay. <laughs> Earmuffs for the young, for the young Declan who might be alongside Derek. All right. So dig, let's talk about the mall. Let's go into it.
0: So talk to me a little bit about the mall in the seventies, some of your early memories of okay. it and what malls you
1: might've been, you know, going to. For me, Kyle, the, the thing about the mall that's so important is that it meant, and it means different things to me at different ages as I like, go back and look at it, but it was always a part of my life. Born in 1973, and also, as we'll talk about, I was along along the ride for some shopping sprees because we had some big shoppers in, in our family. So I was really brought along by them as far as shopping, not only at, at the mall, but in flea markets, which is a big thing, especially in the 80s. And I'm referring to especially our mother. Mom was a mom was an, a shopper, a bit of a shopper, but not too much. I'm specifically talking about our Aunt Carla and our grandma They were both notorious shoppers. And Aunt Carl is still to this day a huge shopper. I think they go shopping every day. Love shopping. And grandma, who actually worked at Lord & Taylor growing up, you would think that maybe she would not be so into shopping because she worked at Lord & Taylor. But she loved shopping. Loved it. And I was along for the ride oftentimes. So I was sort of groomed and brought along as as a very patient shopper. I think they really appreciated me a lot. I wasn't always patient, but I learned patience with shopping. And I think my wife and my daughter especially appreciate that. So Kyle, for me, growing up going to the mall, we had two malls, which we'll talk about that we really frequented on Long Island. One was in Nassau County, one was in Suffolk County. And for me, being, it, it went along f- sort of five different stages of my life. The mall meant different things. So there was being a kid, where it was all about looking forward to the toys, the snacks, and of course the arcade. Especially from being a kid, I would say upwards of six years old. Then the arcade, t- specifically Time Out. We had Time Out arcades. That was a big thing. And then being a young teen, probably going to the mall with my friends on the weekends, probably from around the time we were in seventh grade all the way through high school, the mall became an important hangout for us growing up. And that was all about the arcade, just having fun with your friends. And when girls started to become a thing, this will play in very much into, the, into my story with malls. And then you sort of your mid-teens, especially for me, it was, you know, about girls. You were starting to get into clothes and being, you know, into nerdy things, the arcade. And, of course, now the video game stores, the console video game stores, the bab- your babbages, your electronics, boutiques, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, for me, it ties in with a lot with skateboarding because when we used to go up to the mall, you know, in my mid-teens, we started taking the bus to the mall. Now, it should be said, you'll know, Kyle, Smithhaven Mall on Long Island, sort of in central Long Island, we lived east of there. So we lived a good 35, 40 minutes from the mall. It was pretty far from the house. Now, the thing about Smith Haven Mall was it was very close. It was in a pretty busy area, that smithtown Selden area of Long Island. It was pretty busy and built up. There was a lot of stuff, and there was a lot of good things for skateboarding in that area, including we had Stony Brook University not too far from there, which we loved to skateboard at in the 80s and into the 90s. So for us, we would take the bus. To, it was a big thing for us, for me and my friends like PJ and stuff. We would take the bus to the mall. Where would you take the bus from? Patrick? We would take the bus from East Patchogue. So like, uh, do you know where Dunkin' Donuts is on Main Street? Yeah, uh, yeah. Pizza Hut used to be there. Yeah. And stuff. That's where the bus stop was. And it was, so, dude, it took not only Smith Haven Mall pretty far from there, but it stopped. it made so many stops. It literally took, and PJ could vet this for me, but it literally took somewhere between an hour and 15 minutes and an hour and a half just to get to the mall. And then from the mall, we'd have to take another bus to Stony Brook, but it was close by. And then so sort of that mall thing was our break from skateboarding. We would do it before or after, hang out, you know, go get a video game, go to the food court, whatever it was, you know. And then in our late teens, I always relate the mall with my late teens with girlfriends and going shopping with girlfriends and stuff. And the funny thing is that's probably the first time in our lives going to the mall where we actually spent money, like actual money there. Because how much time versus how much money we spent. We just hung out for all our life. You know, from seventh grade on, we would just hang out. We wouldn't spend a lot of money there. So having a girlfriend and going shopping with your girlfriend, I always think of that in my late teens. And then being an adult and a dad, which I'll talk about later, it's not only nostalgic for me to go to the mall. And I always love the mall, which is kind of strange because I'm not a big... I'm not a big crowd person. I don't like crowded places. You know that about me. I'm not a really, really. I'm the into, same way. You know, and but becoming I worse love, as I get older. Oh yeah, I feel that way sometimes too. Like it's only getting, but not, not in a, not in a mean spirited way. I'm just that doesn't do it for me. I, I like, I like peace and quiet. But for some reason, the mall, there was always a warmth associated with it. I always enjoyed it. I always enjoyed that it was always sort of a warm atmosphere and something fun and colorful to do. And for me now, as a dad. It's become a custom for me and my daughter, who's my oldest, that it's a place that we could go to and enjoy together, and I bond with her every every few months, every two or, two or three months, we go to. We, we should do more often, but I take her, you know, for a night to the mall. She loves to shop. She my daughter's very much into fashion and clothes and glitter. And you and, and you pick up the bill, or is this like? Her? Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I take her shopping, and we go out to eat, and that's our daddy daughter time, you know. And and I put into practice that patience. That I was taught as a kid with Aunt Carla and Grandma and Mom and Auntie Dana and everybody that, you know, I think my daughter appreciates that. You know, she could show me the thing. We go shopping. The stores have sort of progressed as she's gotten older. You know, it used to be, you know, um, Claire's and um, justice and stuff like that. Now she's into more sophisticated things, but, you know, she could always show me, it was cute, especially when she was little, because she would show me the things she liked. She would try things on. And I, you know, no matter how long we spent in the store, she could spend an hour and a half in the store and I would never rush her. You know, that was always our time together. And I was always very careful not to speed it along and speed it up. We spend the night doing that. So that's, and that's, so the mall always meant something to me, you know, going back from my earliest memories and even, you know, late, I would say even in the late 70s, I have you know memories of shopping with mom and dad in the mall. I loved going to the mall at night when I was a kid. I always really liked that. I always really loved that. It was really cool, kind of a cool time to spend with family. And I guess I never really minded shopping. I never minded tagging along. How did, I wanted to ask you that too, Kyle. How did you feel about your earliest memories of going to the mall like with mom and dad? How did how how did you feel about it? Did you dread it? Were you one of those kids that just couldn't be stand, you know? Yeah, I kind of dreaded
0: it because I was never it wasn't until I was a teenager that I really wanted to be there. Smith Haven Mall, of course, it was the mall that really represented my childhood for a little while. And there's a mall in New Hampshire called Fox Run Mall in okay. Newington's Portsmouth area that I used to go to all the time. That's kind of when I started to have a little bit more cash in middle school. And I used to go to the mall all the time, like multiple times a week. I would live there, and I wrote down my routine because I have a little routine that I used to go there. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay, cool. I want to talk a little bit about Smith Haven Mall because I think that mall's still there. I don't think I've been to Smith Haven Mall in fifteen plus years, probably. Yeah, it's been a while for me too. Yet I see it in my head. It's so I would be interested to know when it was built. It reminds me of the mall in Valley Girl a little bit, in the sense that like. High ceilings, this really ornate food court with like trees and skylights and stuff. It almost looked like a California mall. And having lived in California for 11 years now, it seems like something ripped out of that area. And I just know the layout so well where EB was in Planet Comics and Hot Topic because they used to buy my T-shirts there. There you go. This was before, you know, Hot Topic, I guess, was always a little corny. But, you know, Hot Topic in 97, 98, 99, I don't I don't even know if Hot Topic exists anymore. It kind of became a joke. I was going to ask you about that. But back in the day, like that's where I got my Cobra shirt and my Transformer shirt. And that was like kind of the, you know, to be fair to Hot Topic, they were kind of on the bleeding edge of nerd culture becoming mainstream. They were ahead they, of
1: their time. They were. I mean, they it was were. a little
0: bit corny. It was a little bit mainstream. It was a little bit consumerist. But I really liked that store and I, I spent a lot of money there. But no, I never really liked going. And, and even as an adult, I have a tr- I have problems with them all. I go like with an initiative in mind. OK, I don't go just to walk around like I did when I was a kid and as much of a capitalist as I am, I'm a capitalist. I'm an entrepreneur. I've owned two businesses. I like making money. I like spending money. It, it doesn't, you know, that's fine. There's something conflicting within me about what the mall represents. There's a difference between capitalism and the capitalist system and the ability to like meet demand and all those kinds of things. And then consumerism and the mall, the American mall represents a consumerist slant of the United States, very similar to Black Friday, which I fucking hate. Oh, Black Friday's tough. I hate it. That's tough. So for me. I look at this situation and I'm like, you know, it's the encapsulation in one half mile square that is everything that's wrong with us, actually, as a, as a culture, mm, interesting. you know, and I think you should be able to buy whatever you want, spend your money how you see fit. You know, if there's a demand for a product, you should buy it, et cetera. You know, whatever the case might be, meet the demand, whatever. I, so from a systemic standpoint, I don't have a problem with it. But the mall does represent everything I hate.
1: And I don't mind seeing them go away. Very interesting. Wow. I was not expecting that perspective from you, actually.
0: Yeah. As an adult, like it's there's like a Westfield mall in San Francisco. I used to have to go to that's like four stories high and like, OK, just getting around knowing where you're going. Everyone's buying. It's always crowded. It's always a hullabaloo deals and sales. Just I'm not trying to judge anyone, but it's all designed, obviously, to extract a dollar from your wallet. And I feel like it's so predatory. And it's like, all predatory in one centralized area very you know interesting
1: very interesting pov on that
0: i just feel like we spend too much we consume too much and you know the mall kind of waning yeah doesn't necessarily ameliorate that situation in our society i don't think at all because now we do it on amazon and by the way i mean i i think i tweeted out earlier this year we're recording this in 2018 this won't go live till 2019 but in January or February 2018, I think I tweeted out like how much money I spent on Amazon. I know something like $7,000 or something. That OK, so it's not like I'm not
1: a conspicuously consumer.
0: consuming because I am. Right.
1: But you're doing it on your own on your yeah, terms. On it's your terms. probably a little hypocritical of me even. But I just want to put well, all my cards out on the table. Absolutely. I appreciate your honesty. And, you know, you could look at the malls and really know like it's obviously designed to coddle. And maybe even distract. I mean, not in a conspiracy theory sort of way, but you could I mean you could say the same thing about sports, right? Like it's a distraction from the grind, it's a distraction from your frustrations, a distraction from your frustrations with government, whatever you could say with with the way things work, with taxes, whatever you might be disgruntled about. And I but I, I bought into it and still buy into it hook line hook line and sinker. I look at malls now when I go into the mall. And I am i actually literally, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this way as far as like, wow, what is this still doing here? I can't believe this is still going on. How long is this going to last? So when I go into a mall, I almost look at it like, well, enjoy it because this isn't going to be around much longer. And you, this is something that you could share with your kids, something that you grew up with, something in your perspective that you grew up with and, and that was part of your life that manages to still be part of their life somehow. In 2018, but I don't think it's gonna, I really don't see it lasting much longer. It really shocks me to see the malls. I mean, look at malls, you know, we'll get into this more, I'm sure, but look at malls now as compared to like, let's say the mid 80s, you know, it's just they're emptying out. I see a new store open up in the mall like Uniqlo, right? 10 years ago. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing that anything could still come into the mall. And I, you know, it was amazing to me too that I don't know if you knew this, Kyle, I researched this and I was I was surprised, but maybe not so surprised to find this out. Two thousand seven was the last time in this country, as far as I know, that a mall was built. And a mall has been built every year in this country since the fifties. Malls have been being built, new malls were popping up. Two thousand seven was the first time, I think the first year that marked a new mall, a new not. I'm not talking about a strip mall. I'm talking about a, a new huge. However, they classify a mall to be considered right, like right. a mall, a mega mall. Sure. That was the last time. 2007 was the. Well, 2007 was, was the, the first, first time year that there
0: was not. There a was mall not a new mall built. Right.
1: New, new mall built. So that
0: is actually pretty striking. Well, because it seems like it's trending. You know, I I know a person, our friend Eric, that owns another bar now. He owns a few bars, and he he opened a bar actually in a high end mall, and. It seems like as far as I understand, also knowing a, a lobbyist in, in the shopping industry that we went to college with, actually the person that Aaron and I met because of and talking to her about it, it seems like, yeah, malls are closing and like they're aiming now for the high end, like the Westfield type boutique malls, you know, with like the nice stores where you can go to like Versace and sure Tiffany's and stuff like that. Yeah. Not the malls where you would go to Claire's like and the Beverly
1: Center and stuff like that. Exactly. That might be extreme. But yeah,
0: sure. exactly. So I think that things are changing. And I think, you know, for all those positive things and I don't want to be a curmudgeon about it. To me, the mall represents credit card debt. It represents, again, consumerism. It represents like what you were saying, like a distraction. And that's great. We all have our distractions. We all need to buy goods and we all buy consumer goods. But it's funny, like you can see the difference between us just by being in our different spaces right? Like, oh, absolutely. You like buying things and I'm not judging you for that at all. Oh, That's no. not a judgment at all.
1: No, not at all. And
0: you like decorating and having things to me. The only reason I have so much in my apartment in boxes is because I think they're valuable and I don't want to throw <laughs> them away otherwise. And Aaron always says that, like my my apartment would probably have no, nothing in it except for like a few pieces of furniture, nothing on the walls, like right, a right. TV and like some food, you know. <laughs> So I think it's just representative of who I am. But I think I've come, I pulled myself out of that. I think the conspicuous consumption, I think I've gotten rid of because I'm so paranoid about not having anything that I'd rather just accumulate money and then never spend it. And then, and then Aaron always reminds me, well, you can't take it with you. So I do try to keep that in mind, like in a hearse or in a U-Haul behind me as I die, as my hearse drives down the (laughs) highway, I have all the money I didn't get to enjoy. But yeah, Smith Haven Mall, as we were saying in, in the Selden part of Long Island. Definitely. I mean, I remember specific instant. I mean, I've been there many, many times, but I remember specific instances of going there. I remember the day I bought Majora's Mask. I remember the day I bought my Game Boy Advance. I remember the day that, you know, I bought X, Y and Z. So there are those cool memories. And I also have just really an imprint of certain things. Like I had such a crush on the girl that worked at Planet Comics in the mall. I had you know, such a thing for Panda Express. It was like so exotic. Even oh, though Panda I was Express ask is fucking about Panda awful. Express. But we have some letters that I wanted to get to from the audience. Okay. And remember, you can submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas by supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/Last Stand. Tyler Oldfield wrote into us and said, "My dad used to be a general manager for many malls. He helped open them and everything. I remember clearly around Christmas time, staying super late in the shopping malls to help set up the entire mall with decorations. I had to be about eight, so I'd invite my friends and we would play tag and hide and seek throughout these giant malls. Oh, that's so much fun. fun! I knew you were going to take to that because I took the to that too. That sounds cool. That sounds fun. That sounds so awesome. And so, you know, I wanted to begin there that uh, about the structure of the mall itself. They're so readily identifiable. And I know that that sounds kind of trite, like, of course they are. But there's just there's certain details about the mall. You have the planters in the middle of the mall. You have the benches where the where the dads are sitting, where the old people are sitting, the little gathering spaces. You have the kiosks that sell sunglasses. Now they repair cell phones or they do whatever the the case might, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. And then you have the anchor stores and, you know, like the Sears, which is, you know, now as we're recording this in bankruptcy and JCPenney and all that. So there's all these readily identifiable things about the mall that I think are quite You know, it's a piece of Americana. It's a slice of Americana. Absolutely. Super cool. I mean, from that perspective, it's definitely super cool. But again, I can't help but feel a little bit of a melancholy when I'm in one, not only because they're dying, which we know, but again, because it's just it's like there's nothing there you really need. Right. And so I don't know. I I sound almost like a fucking communist. Well, it sells clothing. It sells bedding. To to each according to his needs. I don't I don't mean it like that. You (laughs) know, But I, I don't. Yeah, no, you're right. It sells, clothing you know, it sells and yeah, those course, essentials, you
1: know, cookware. And of course.
0: But I don't know. I just always struggled with it.
1: Yeah. As an adult. Like I, I never knew that. Yeah. I actually kind of thought you
0: enjoyed it like I enjoyed it. No, I, I don't. I, I don't think. Well, we live in Santa Monica near an open air mall, which yeah. is very common in California. Nice I, place. I walk through it all the time. Yeah. Very but pretty. I don't know that I've walked into any one of those stores. I think the I go to the, the Adidas store to buy my shell toes like twice a year. Okay. And I think I go to the Apple Store. Right. I think I bought a phone at the Apple Store. Kind of hard to avoid the Apple right. Store. Right. Otherwise, I think I just you know because we live on we live really close to the Third Street Promenade, which is like a really famous stretch of shops in the United States. It's very like well known. Like people go to Santa Monica just to shop there, which is so funny because Santa Monica's sales tax is amongst the highest in the country. So I don't know why anyone would go to the Third yeah, Street is, Promenade. Yeah. What is the sales tax? T- ten and a half percent. Oh, I holy think.
1: Holy cow, that is high.
0: It's unbelievable. I bought Erin a cell phone for our anniversary. I bought her an iPhone ten. And I bought her like the Apple care plan and I think it was like fourteen hundred dollars because of the tax, That's you know, insane. so I'm cognizant that I need to use all these things. But I, I don't know. I, I just I think a lot of it has to do. And this is real. Like, I don't like you said it before, but I really mean it. like I don't want to be around crowds. I don't like being around people. Yeah. And, you know, or big groups of people. I get really uncomfortable with it. I don't know why. It's like the Salinger in me. So I think it's representative of that as well. But I like the nostal- I love nostalgia, as you know, I and mean, we do this podcast. So th- that angle of it to me, thinking about days past, I think, is more exciting th- to me than thinking about what I need to go to the mall. Like I was telling Aaron, this is an interesting story and it's true. This is 100 percent true. We moved to L.A. in late April of 2017. I have not been in a box store one time. Really? Since we moved to L.A. Not once. Nothing. No Target, no Walmart, nothing. Not one time have I gone to a box store. I've probably been in just a handful of stores even at all since I've been there. Paper Source is the store I probably go into the most because I like I'm a conspicuous letter writer. Oh, right. So you have to you need that.
1: Those like I love, write,
0: I love writing. Yeah. So that's the and I have probably gone there like 10 times since we moved there. And there was a Barnes and Noble by us that I used to go into and then it closed down. So now I just don't go into anything, you know? Yeah. I, so, and
1: there, there are targets and Walmarts near you and stuff.
0: Yeah. Not so many not Walmarts in L.A., away. but targets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Aaron goes, you know, she'll rent a car or she'll just jump in an Uber and go. Right. So I think it just speaks to who I am. And and also, I think it speaks to the ease of Amazon. Like I buy everything on Amazon that I need, not groceries and stuff sometimes. But, you know, like we were talking the other day, like I buy laundry detergent on there. I buy groceries, bags on there. I buy dog food on there. I buy like just every like just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazon Prime has been a complete blessing. But I've also contributed, therefore, to the downfall of mall commerce. You are. You are. You're the reason. Well, I definitely am. We're all the reason. Well, many of us are the reason. I don't think we all are the reason. I mean. You're much
1: less the reason than I am because you actually go there. We do both. We do both. But there's really no reason to go to the mall. Like, you know, I think everybody has their own sort of tie into the mall. Like, I really like Uniqlo because I really like their t-shirts. I think they have really – they're really nice t-shirts. They're also really inexpensive. So, I'll go every few months and just stock up on those staple, you know, I like Heather Gray t-shirts – i like blue t-shirts so i i go and get you know knit hats and t-shirts and just think come you know baseball tees three-quarter sleeve tees which i really like so that sort of thing so everybody has their thing at the mall i think that they you know they go for it used to, for me it used to be going to the video game stores I, I was gonna ask you that yeah
0: do you remember specific games that you bought like at the mall. Oh, like, you remember. So can you talk to me a little bit about every that? Every
1: game, probably every game and every console, I remember where I got it and all the way through probably PlayStation 3. Like, let me ask you this. When you bought me those Ninja Gaiden games for my birthday, do you remember buying them? You know what? That's tricky because that that must era, have been a Funko, that right? That might have been Funko. That could have been a Funko thing. That was where it started to cross over. And Funko, for our Funko, was in Islandia, which was not in a mall. It was in like a strip mall. Yeah, it was in a strip mall. Right. So, but Funko, I was gonna ask you that too. Were Funko's weren't Funko lands in malls? They probably were, but they weren't in our mall. Not ours. We had an EB
0: and we didn't have a GameStop I didn't know what GameStop was EB and GameStop merged yeah we had a Babbage's yeah they merged and then we had Planet Comics which I think was a one-off or maybe a small chain of things where they sold like toys video games and all that kind of stuff and I used to just go there again because I had a crush on the girl that worked there
1: that's hilarious and we had software etc I think Mm -hmm. as well yeah we did sure so there was a bunch there was three video game stores in Smith-Hale Mall at one point but yeah I could I could tell you Kyle probably most of the Video game purchases I made up into that Funco Land era was prob were, were purchased at malls for sure, absolutely. I remember even the only other place I would have bought video games up to that point were Toys R Us, which probably ended in the Genesis SNES era, and KB, which probably ended in around the same era. So it was mostly in the mall. Where we bought, you know, especially when it came to the later systems, the disc systems and so on and so forth. And we'll talk about one of my great laments as, as is related to console video games and those stores, those video game stores in the malls. We'll talk about that a little later. Okay. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kyle, because, you know, obviously, as we often discuss on this show on Knockback, there's a big generational difference between you and I there's a gap. So you're you're 11 years younger than me. So for my generation and for me and my friends and my experiences, the mall was a big hangout. And one of the big things was meeting girls in the mall. Probably starting from around seventh and eighth grade, that became a thing where you would go to the mall. And that was a known thing where we grew up. Like we weren't the only, everyone was, all the kids our age were doing that. So that You would literally go to the mall and meet groups of girls and become friends and actually hit it off and spend sometimes years with these people that you meet at the mall. So you're saying that you would meet them at the mall. You wouldn't set up a date to go to the mall with them. No, you would meet them at the mall for the first time. And then after that, it was like, okay, let's go to the movies. Let's go to the pool. Let's go to, let's meet at the mall again. You know, then, you know, you might've kind of started dating one and your friend started dating another one of those group of girls. So you would go to their proms. I mean, this was a big thing. And we've talked about it on this show before for my generation, especially it made so much sense because when you think about it, right, you're going to school, I, you know, especially I was in public school, you're going to school with the same kids, many of the same kids from kindergarten all the way to the 12th grade. By the time you're in fifth, sixth grade, you're so over one another. You know, and I remember feeling so like, all right, like it's the same people. And I remember the girls being so over me, like the girls are so over me, like, you know, maybe first and second grade were like my heyday. By the time it was the sixth and seventh grade, the girls were like, whatever. Like, you know, so you're so tired of looking at each other. So going to the Smithhaven mall, first of all, Long Island, we should preface this by saying it's odd, but Long Island really only had two big shopping malls. There were other ones. There was another mall that we didn't go to that I know was in Babylon and stuff like that. But Long Island really only had, at least from our perspective, maybe limited perspective, two big shopping malls: one in Suffolk County, Smith Haven Mall, and a very big one in Nassau County, Roosevelt Field, which is still there. And Roosevelt Field Mall in Garden City, New York, is the tenth biggest mall in the country. Smith Haven Mall is not on the list; doesn't rank in the top fifty, but. Roosevelt Field is 10th. And Roosevelt Field's a little more upscale. Very upscale. It's in a very upscale area, you know, sort of Garden City, Old Westbury area. It's a very affluent area. Yeah, for people
0: that don't know, Garden City is basically akin, if Long Island was its own state, Garden City would probably be the capital of the state. So, Garden City, yeah. So, Garden City is kind
1: of an epicenter of of Long Island. It is. And oddly, I believe it's the only town on Long Island that has its own fire department that's not a volunteer fire department. So, it's, yeah, it's that. Exactly. Very well put. Kyle. So Long were- Island should be its own state anyway. <laughs> I'm all about that. I love it. Mobile Long it.
0: Island Secession. I want there is a Long Island flag for Long Island Secession and I want to buy it. and Just put it on. My you wall. were telling me
1: about yeah. that. That's super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Now I lost my train. I thought. Anyway, I I'm saying? sorry. So you were saying there were two malls. Oh, so and the other mall I wanted to mention, I didn't even know this. I knew it was a big mall about 20 miles from here in montgomery county we have king of prussia mall i'm sure a lot of people have heard of it second biggest mall in the country behind mall of america i assume yeah and actually behind mall of america in um twin cities that's in minnesota in in minnesota in minneapolis but that is actually under dispute i saw some arguments online like no king of prussia mall is technically bigger or whatever maybe it was bigger at one time you know whatever it was King of Prussia Mall horrifies me. I've never been there. I've been living here for 20 years, and I won't go near King of Prussia mall. too big? That area is insane. Like, Helene complains about Long Island, how congested and crowded it is. That King of Prussia slash Conchahawken area in Montgomery County is, an, is ins- absolute insanity. I won't even go near it. And I know there's, like, really good video game stores, and there's a retro video game store in there and stuff like that. I'm not going anywhere near that mall. There's no way in hell, you know? But, yeah, so I thought that was an interesting anecdote. But, so, but... Meeting members of the opposite gender, that was a big thing for us. That was a really big thing for us. That was the, that really was the main reason to hang out at the mall when we were, you know, sort of in our teens, our adolescents and preteens and and into our teens. And God bless our parents because I don't even know how, we ended up at Smithhaven Mall most weekends. We're talking about a 40 minutes, 40 minutes away from where we grew up. So the fact, God bless our parents for driving us back and forth to this place constantly. and it would, But it was so important, I think, for us to meet girls. It was such an exotic thing for us that we would get to meet girls from other school districts. And that's really, think about it. When you're in a, even when you're in a sprawling, crowded suburb like Long Island, there, at that age, there's really there weren't a lot of other conduits. There weren't a lot of other ways and resources to meet people. You know, thank God we had that. That's how we met. You know, I made wonderful friends that way. You know, not only girls that I dated, but girls that were became friend, you know, girlfriends of some of my friends that I've really befriended that became we became very close and made like really friends for years out of some of these girls. you know that mom and and Uncle Mike always laugh at me. You know, obviously, I have a very strange name. And some of these places were very loud. So when I would meet girls, and, you know, you were rushing and our parents were picking us up and everything like that. Make a long story short. I actually dated a girl who thought my name was Danny because I was just at that point so tired of correcting people. It was like, that's what's your awesome. name? Dagan. What? Damon? No, Dagan. David? No, Dagan. Like, it was like Danny? And I was like, yes. You know, like, <laughs> yes, that's, that's also so sure she'd call the house? She would call the house and ask for Danny. Now. Unfortunately, we were having a family party once, and Uncle Mike answered the phone. That was the, That's all I needed. <laughs> that was the end. That was the end of that. It was like I, I literally hadn't heard the end. I didn't hear the end of that for years. That's like, awesome. Literally years. This girl Tiffany thought my name was Danny. How Just, long did you date her for? A couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> she thought my name was Danny. It's called the house asking for Daddy. You know, when you have a weird name, you just get tired of it after a while. I was like, yeah, I just threw in the towel. I was like, yes, Danny. It's like the story we were—we t- I don't know if we were told about the barber
0: on Long Island that thought my right, name was Tommy. We were Tommy. Just talking about this. Yeah, we were talking about it today when we were out, or we were—we were somewhere. Yeah, my the barber for many years thought my name was Tommy, and we went to this guy from when I was very young until I was 17. Years. And by the time I was eight or nine, we gave up. That was it. I was Tommy to you this guy to forever. The For the rest, yeah, it's over. Have, hey, Tommy, what's going on? I mean, I'm I like, yeah, that's fine. This. That's fine. Weekend after weekend, you know how it. Is. I mean, yeah. I,
1: you go through this weekend after weekend. I was like, yes, Danny, I just acquiesced. Yes, my name's Danny. You know, but the so you never awesome. had this perspective. That. You never knew that story. No, that's an awesome oh, story. Oh, that's a great story. With that story, but so you never. But you never had that perspective. You never used the mall. Go to go there with a group of friends. I would go with friends, but I don't know that we were ever really picking up girls. I think I was a little more passive than you with that.
0: I think I came around to girls late. Like, I think I was still embarrassed about liking girls until I was in like ninth or tenth grade. That's pretty cool, though. You I know? like that? Because, you know what? That's it becomes such a distraction from everything else. Like I liked them. I, I was attracted to them. Sure. But I was kind of embarrassed by it. It's funny because actually, like in fifth and sixth grade, when I lived in Maine, I had girlfriends. I dated this girl, Melissa. I dated uh, and quotes another girl named Rhiannon. And like we would go to the, you know, mall. I remember I bought Melissa like a little necklace or something once or something. And maybe we kissed or something like that. But it would, that was with mom and like living with mom. And I was a little more comfortable around her, I think. And then when I moved with dad, I think I was just a little more embarrassed. Like I remember dad. I, I don't know why I remember this. And I bet you dad doesn't remember this at all. But there was this weird thing. I don't know what it was where like cheerleaders, high school cheerleaders would like bag groceries at, whatever finest okay. or wall bows. i All think right. it was for like charity and then you tip them uh, or maybe it was like to raise money for their outfits or whatever the case yeah, for their squad or whatever and i remember dad i remember it clear as i remember clear as day like dad being like put your eyes back in your head that's what he said to me <laughs> that's how yeah. old were you i was probably in like ninth grade tenth grade
1: and yeah. he when you it's so funny because he didn't realize the imprint he would leave on you just by saying that right that right yeah like you he remember straight that, up, that is thing.
0: verbatim when he said put your eyes back in your head that's okay. like as we were leaving or whatever and i'm like I didn't even know I was like honestly oogling anyone, I guess, you know? That's amazing. But I remember it so well. I love that. Yeah. So I was always a little embarrassing. It wasn't until I dated my first real girlfriend was Casey, who I I mentioned on another podcast who we're still friends today. And we went to Northeastern together, actually. We we didn't date in Northeastern, but we dated for a little while in high school. And she was a year older than me. And that was like my first real girlfriend. And even then, I was a little embarrassed about it. It wasn't until you know I dated my, my real high school girlfriend that I was with that went to Sachem That you know, I was having her over, and she was kind of like part of the routine. And I used to go to her house and stuff. And then it was just didn't matter anymore. And then by the time I was in 11th and 12th grade, in my interstitials, when Megan and I would be mad, or I wasn't dating her anymore in senior, then girls would call the house, and I wasn't embarrassed anymore about it. Yeah. But I also had no one around to really tease me about it anymore. You know? Sure. And so I think that that played a part in it too. So I think I just came around late. So I'd go to the mall with my friends, but it was like never to really pick up girls. I was never really wow, that's so interesting. I was never really comfortable. I don't know that I ever really like. Picked up girls like I met my girlfriend, as I said on another podcast, because I played hockey and she was a figure Yeah, skater. you. But you also did. Something. I hit on. I hit on her. Right. Like, I remember it. Right. 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 But that was like a
1: really random, off the cuff thing because I was so. I think I was so attracted to her. That's cool though. You I know? like that. I like that story because. I, but but you know I had nothing else going on. Like I wasn't going to meet a girl through Boy Scouts or skateboarding. Like you know what I mean. So it was like we had that, and you know we also had what you kind of missed because you were so little still was the the. The multiplex, the advent of the multiplex, especially the one near us, Brookhaven Multiplex, that became a place also where it was like a known thing where kids would come from all the surrounding school districts and try to meet somebody. Right. You know, because you weren't driving yet. You were getting, it was a very similar thing to the mall. You were too young to drive, but you were old enough to be interested in, you know, dating and, and girls and girls were interested in boys. So that was like a thing. You would go, sometimes we would go to the multiplex, just hang out. You know, there's like an arcade there and you would just literally go to meet girls, you know? And the mall was a very – simple. the mall makes a little more sense because there's a little more to do. You could eat. You could go to the arcade. You could look at the stores. You could, you know, you could window shop and all that kind of thing. So the mall made a little more sense. But- right. Yeah, I, I – you know, the
0: few girls that I dated, you know, randomly, we would go to the movies. But again, I don't know that I ever met a girl
1: at the movies. At the movies.
0: I remember the movies we would see, you know, making out with girls during the movies, like making the move. You know, I remember. Oh, the I move. remember. I remember, like, the mindset you had to be in. You know, you just had to go for it. And but then like when I was with when I had a girlfriend it was like different. Then it was just like you did whatever the fuck you want. Right, 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 cuz you was But when you know, were like like I barely I was thinking about it. Like I remember making out with this one girl that I saw a few times that was like friends with my friend Chris. And I don't even remember her name anymore. Like this is like how distant. I'm like I have no idea well, who the fuck was a while that I've no, yeah, but it's like you think you would remember like these mm. little details. I'm like I don't even remember who that was. That's interesting. That was someone. Do you remember the movie? Yeah, yeah. It was Jurassic Park 3. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. terrible movie yeah
1: terrible movie. perfect movie to be distracted yeah that, that, I that was the that. gymnastics one I think so yeah when yeah. she like kicks the raptor oh, in the God. head or whatever I think that's the third one One of the worst things I've ever seen on the big screen
0: yeah and it's funny because my high school girlfriend who I, I you know we talk we talk on Instagram every once in a while and stuff like that and she's married and she has three kids or whatever we, we, I, we I haven't seen her in, in some time now but she had said to me that she always re- legally blonde reminds me reminds her of me Awesome. because we went to see that movie good or movie I like that movie it's cute so it, it is it is interesting those kinds of things but yeah like I guess I never I was like pretty passive I think I was pretty emba- like not embarrassed I don't think I really believed that anyone really wanted me like when I was dating that girl the figure skater I couldn't believe that she wanted anything to do with me I, I always like looked down on myself I don't know if that's normal I think it's normal for people but I was a nerd and I was like very studious and you know I played I played hockey which I guess was cool and attractive to people but I didn't really look at it that way yeah and, I didn't do it to be cool. I did it because I really loved to play. You liked it. Yeah, you and really enjoyed it. So I, I think I was, oh, and you know, I, I, I wasn't really part of the cool group. I wasn't really like, I wasn't, I don't know that I was a loser, but I was kind of like friends with some of the slackers and we just had our own little thing going on. And I just felt like I wasn't that cool, you know, and I, I these girls weren't that attracted to me and I never really put myself out there. And I think that that was kind of the case my whole life. You're you
1: also know? very polite and I think you don't want to sort of transgress on people. And that could have been a, b- a big thing with you knowing you and knowing your personality. That might have been another thing. I mean, that you. was definitely a
0: thing when I was in college where like girls would throw themselves. And I'm not saying like, well, oh, look at my like I'm debonair, but you know, girl, you're at everyone's drunk at a party, a girl would throw herself at you or whatever. And like, I would just be like, I don't, you know, this is awkward. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We're you're drunk really good and I don't
0: really it. want to do this. And right, you know, you, you have a conscience, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. So <laughs> I probably missed out on some opportunities that would be your typical teen or early 20s opportunity with a woman, or like, you know. Like, I've never had a one night stand. Like, I've never I've never had a one night stand. Right, right, right. Never,
1: never, never once. No,
0: I've slept with girls one time, but I knew them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you just met them that night. Right, exactly. That's never happened to me. Yeah, I don't think. In fact, the only situation that I was ever in where that would have happened, I refused. I was like, I don't really want to do this. And the girl got mad and left.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. In college. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I don't you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. i never thought about that for myself. I don't think it ever happened to me, too. Either. I mean, yeah, there's those there's those flings, but, you know, the person there's a little bit of familiarity. Yeah, I'm not I'm not flippant like that.
0: And I'm not blaming people for being like that. You can be as loose or as tight as you want with that kind of stuff. I don't care.
1: Yeah. But for me,
0: I was just. Yeah. So I think that that I'm only bringing that up. I'm not trying to be grotesque. I'm I'm bringing that up to to kind of I'm bringing that up. I I mean, I look grotesque, but I'm bringing that up (laughs) to kind of illustrate the picture that that wasn't really who I was. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't really like, you know, leaning against the wall like, I'm you know, Fonzie hitting the fucking, you know, jukebox. Or yeah, like absolutely. That. You know, that wasn't me. I'm not saying that was you either, but I, d- I just didn't have that kind of confidence. In no, myself.
1: yeah. You know, I don't know where that confidence sprang from for me because I can remember really, you know, not not to be, a, you know, not to be all woe is me, but I remember there being a marked time in school where it seemed like none of the girls I was in school with are interested in me. And then you almost feel like, wow, is it me? You know, and then going to like neighboring school districts like I grew up in Belport, one of our neighboring school districts, Saville. I just happened to meet a lot of kids from that school district through skateboarding and became really good, you know, me and my some of my cohorts around Brookhaven and Medford became really good friends with these kids in Saville just because skateboarding was a bigger thing in that school district. And the girls in Saville school district didn't know us yet. So I always thought it was, well, it's the preppy girls and they just like skateboarding and they don't like jockey kids. But I think it was a little bit of that in Saville. but I also think it was just that we were fresh faces. They didn't know us yet there's a little bit of that exotic thing and there's a little bit of that. Oh, that's the new guy. And we were much more successful with the girls in Sable than we were with Bellport. And it's the same thing with going to the mall. I think, I think that's what gave me confidence again was like, Oh, girls are interested in me. It's just like, these girls just have known me since kindergarten and they don't think of me that way. Almost.
0: Yeah. You have like preconceived notions of each other. Right. Although know, I was attracted to a number of girls that I went to high school with, but for, that they, you knew for a long time. Yeah. But that like, would I obviously want right. nothing to would obviously want nothing to do with me. I mean, yeah. I, I again, it's hard to know when you're 14, 15, 16 years old, if you just think everything that moves is hot or not. I mean, mom and dad used to make fun of me about that, especially when I was in college. Right? Yeah, like, there would be something because then I got a little looser with it where, you know, I I was attracted to, like everybody, <laughs> you know, like so it kind of ebbs, ebbs and flows. But yeah, I think that, you know, those people know you most intimately. And I think that there's sa- sadly something about that that might ring true where they have more insight into you and in they're it almost makes you feel bad about yourself because it's like they have more insight into you and they know you and they're not interested in you, you know? Yes, absolutely. Although, you know, again, I dated a girl that was a year older than me and I I thought she was incredibly attractive, you know? So like she was. So it it, it was, yeah, she was older than me. Yeah. So it was, that was like a confidence booster. I was also because of my friend, Brian, who lived across the street from me and the band I played in, in high school and college, they were, I was the youngest in that band. I was, I was in 11th grade. They were in 12th grade. I was in 12th grade. They were in college. That kind of thing. So I was in that whole group. I was the youngest in that group of people. I was the only person that was in two, class of two thousand two in that group. So there, that might have had something to do with the two. Where they never really looked at me like that, and I never really gave myself a chance to be with people makes my own sense. age or Absolutely. whatever. Absolutely,
1: that makes total. That makes total that sense. That I was like
0: the little brother kind of kid, or I was the drummer, and I was just
1: like, yeah, that you know, yeah, that kind of you know, they, got, they all yeah, kind yeah. of
0: they all kind of paired up except for me, you know, right.
1: Yeah, but who knows? You know, it's cool thinking back. I would have never met, you know, I met girls that went to Catholic school. I met girls that went to public schools that were 30 miles away. I mean, you would have never met these people. And some of these girls I went on, you know, you get, it's so funny. You meet them for five minutes. You get their phone number. You end up calling each other a few days later or whatever it is. You meet up. But I remember one girl I met, Michelle. She lived in that, like Mount Sinai, which is like in the hills above Port Jeff. And I would have never. North Shore girl. North Shore girl, right? Would have never met her on, you know, I don't know if she went she went to public school i think awesome awesome girl awesome family jewish girl her family owned a really cool business she was beautiful and i met her and ended up dating her and going to her prom with her and or maybe it was her junior prom and became friends with her good friends and we were friends even after we broke up for years after that we meet up have coffee she was an awesome girl you know so it was an opportunity for us to meet. It was really cool in retrospect that we got to meet all these people. And it was a big confidence booster for a young teenager, too, when you're feeling like you're kind of stuck in a rut in your school socially. And that was a really big part of it for us. I think it even because we weren't cool kids either. Me and my friend John that I grew up with and all these people I was going to the mall with, we weren't necessarily cool kids. You know, we were just like the middle wrong kids, regular kids, you know. And you I think know, that's even a rung above where I was. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. You know, so it was like a big, it, it felt like a big social boost who, to have that.
0: Let me ask you this out of yeah. the four of us, out of the four Moriarty kids, who was the coolest?
1: Was it mm. Allie? No, Dana. Dana? Dana, yeah. Dana was in... The, Dana
0: was the po- a popular girl? Dana
1: was a popular girl in her grade. Now, Dana, for you guys that don't know, she was a year younger than me in school. Dana's about a year and a half younger than me. She was a a grade below me in school. She was really one of the cool kids in her grade. She was one of the preppy girls. Prep The preppy girls... Belport was a preppy place, and the preppy girls always tended to be pretty popular, and she was one of those preppy... I mean, Dana was pretty sporty, too. She ran track and played soccer as well, and she was really into those things. She was also very smart. And did did well in high school. Yeah, very versatile. Yeah, very. And and she was Hard one murder. of the popular kids, which I busted oh, the balls for. Oh, about interesting. All the time. I didn't know that. So was she embarrassed of you or were you embarrassed of her? Did you guys get along if you saw each other in no, the hallways? And I stuff? think that, really, in retrospect, I mean, Dana was a little aloof and everything like that, but I was mean to Dana in school. Like, I was a really. I was a ball busting big brother in school for sure. Like, I was really. You know, because I was a skateboarder and skateboard skateboarders really weren't considered cool in my school district. It wasn't a thing. There was never more than three or four of us. You know, even when there might have been a little more of the upperclassmen that were like two or three grades above me, but then when they you know, my friend Andy Gordon, my friend Kit, my friend Billy, Kit, yeah, right, Kit Mickelson, yeah, when those kids all graduated, those kids were two and three and four years older than me. So when they graduated, it really left maybe like me and Adam. You know, me and Adam Smith were like really the only two skateboarders left in school at that point. So when's the last time you saw Adam Smith, by the way? Oh, it was a long time ago, dude. I was dating Megan still. Oh wow. Yeah, it was years ago. That's gonna be a hard name to find too. Anyway. Yeah, because it's so common, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to. So but no, but Dana was definitely one of the cool kids. Allie was sort of really like sort of like a home like a homegirl. Like she was into hip hop and she was into rap music and she hung out with those kind of kids. And you know, I was of course a skateboarder, which was really kind of outcast in my in our school. Which is so funny because the social placing of a skateboarder two school districts over was so different. You know, you were much more you were much more valued in Saville. You know, right. I begged mom and dad to let me go to Saville. Did you really? Oh, by the time I was in tenth grade, I was like, please, like all my friends are over there, please, and all the girls, you know, all the hot girls that liked me were also there, and they all had money too, which was actually <laughs> very allure. You know, they were just so cute, though. Some of those girls. I remember this girl Emily; she was so cute. But you know, I was like, "Please, just let me go to Saville." You know, my friend Mouse and my friend Dino and all these kids went already went to Saville. I knew it. my friend Craig, Matt, Kalen. All these kids went to school over there. You know, so double dork. Double Dork, Phil and Sam went over there, went to school. Why do over I there. remember that? You ever Double Dork? Yeah, I think Phil I do. Phil and Sam, they were yeah. identical twins. Double we called them double dork. Dork. <laughs> double dork. Double Dork went over there. Shout out to Phil and Reddy. All those guys, man. They we were Double just like, Dork. I, re- I remember <laughs> that. I think PJ <laughs> felt the same way about Sable, even though he He, 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 he went was to Pat a few York. years younger than that. He went me. to Pat Med, right? He went to Pat Med. So he, you know, he but he had the same thing in school was like he that was very similar school district. Bellport was kind of tough. There were a lot of street kids, you know, a lot of kids that grew up in the homes and stuff like that, maybe even more so in his school district. Very tough, tough places to go to school, actually. It's so funny, though, that they're like, I
0: guess my interpretation of Allie and Dana, like I thought Dana, I knew Dana was what respected and was not one of the uncool kids but I thought she was like a studious kid that was kind yeah. of and I always pictured Ally as being like the cool popular kid oh no
1: it was, I think you know Dana and Ally might correct me but no Dana was definitely because her, she was friends with like Christy Hines and all those kids, who actually had a crush on me, by the way. Yes, of the Ketchup Hines family, by the way. guys. Yep. Yeah, because I went, I went to school with the Hines as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were a great family. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, nice, very nice people. Very nice people. Yeah. He, awesome he, was, people. he was, I won't say his name because I don't want, I want to call him, but he was a very nice guy. Yeah. They're really, really a nice family. But yeah, Dana was really, yeah, Dana definitely had the highest social standing in high school. She won't argue about that. You're welcome for swelling your head, Dane. <laughs> if you're listening, I think you are. Dave. Class of 93. Class of 93. I was quiet. class of 97.
0: <laughs> I was class of 02 so that's weird <laughs> yeah, that's really strange. yeah because I was the only one I think because let me think uh, Allie and Dana were in school at the same time for one year I think right 93 94 95 no I guess they would have missed
1: they would have just missed because they were f- and I had just missed Allie. no wait no no no. And, wait me and a- Allie and I were five years apart we missed
0: Dana was a senior when Allie was a freshman yes see I was a freshman when D- Allie was a, a freshman in college Okay. So we had just missed. you. So I had but all the teachers knew the Moriartys. Of course. And so I had to deal with that for better
1: or for worse. (laughs) You know. I have to say usually for me it was for better.
0: No, it was it was often for better. With Miss Parry, it was for better. With with Miss Gerard, it wasn't for better. No. With Mr. Scott, it was for okay. With Mr. Mello, maybe not. Mm. I know he
1: that Mr. Mello didn't like me because he thought I made fun of his wife's name. Mr. Mr. Mello's <laughs> wife's name was Marsha. Yes, her name was Marsha Mello. Mello. Her name was Marsha Mello. <laughs> and I my best friend John had Mr. Mello for a couple of years straight, I think. And I made the mistake of saying it once too loud in the hallway and that was the end of me. He never I never even had him and he hated me.
0: Yeah, I had him I was in his last class, like he retired that year. I had him in two thousand two, two thousand one, two thousand two. He was my economics teacher and I had him in eighth period and so I was in his last class. And I remember like he kind of had like old, well, you know, like that's it. I'm, you know, I'm done. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Mr. Scott. Mr. Scott was this bo- kind of bohemian. He was history and civics teacher, and he would just like play the guitar, play the acoustic and just, guitar, yeah, just like, sometimes not teach at all. Yeah. <laughs> he,
1: he was out of his mind.
0: He was. He was out of his mind. He was awesome. Did you have Mr. Williams? No, I never had him because okay. I was in I was in AP history, so I had Mr. Bose for okay. two years, and okay. I my in freshman year I had Mrs. Roth who was 22 or 23. It was her first year. I had a fucking massive crush on her. I don't her. remember her. Well, you definitely didn't know her because she was. Oh, she was, was, she was. She was literally 22 years old. Oh, her. she was super. That young. was like her first year oh. teaching, like where she didn't even have her own classroom. She had like a cart that she had to go for my like, yeah, class. I like, remember that. Wow. Like where the, the lowest run co- teacher is at Bellport. I'm sure this is a case at a lot of places, but they like didn't have, you know, a homeroom. Yeah, they didn't have a room. They yeah. had, like went from classroom to classroom. And I had like the biggest crush on her. And I remember being so excited when she was like, you know, you're, we're putting you in AP next year, AP European history, and I was, like I'm like, are you teaching it? (laughs) But alas, she was not. Let me let me consult the letters again, though, for the audience as we continue this conversation. I want to hit Ron Avis's question. Joshua Anderson, our friend Joshua Anderson, wrote in with a similar one. We're going to go with Ron, though. He said, few things make me as nostalgic for the 90s than hanging out at the mall with my friends. Aladdin's Castle, my arcade, Walden's Books, Suncoast, Babbage's, and the food court were a must with the occasional stops at Orange Julius or Cinnabon to mix things up. I even met my wife at the mall. What routines oh, did you wow. and your friends have in your neck of the woods? And did you have a good mall and a ghetto mall? I lived closest to the ghetto mall and constantly felt the need to defend it against those who frequented the bougie mall with a banana republic. Well, I got to go find a payphone getting a page. <laughs> nice. Well done. We did have a ghetto mall. And what's funny about it, this was Sunvet Mall. No, Sunrise. The one on Sunrise Highway. What was that one called? That was Sunvet Sun Mall. Vet mall. And what's interesting about that mall to me, Dagan, and I don't know if this is your remembrance of it, that they did have a timeout in there. Yes. Which was cool. That's our arcade, which was awesome. But that mall always seemed to be in a state of dying, even when I was a kid. Yeah. Even in the late 80s and early 90s, that place always seemed to be half occupied. Its corner store, its anchor store was actually a Pathmark, which is a supermarket. And it was also like a hybrid strip mall and regular mall where you could access half of the stores from the outside and then the other half of the stores you had to go inside and then well there was said. a corridor that went in and out. Perfect but that mall said. always seemed to be in a state of limbo. And I don't know what its status is today, but I remember for some reason that mall so well, it was like really dimly lit. I remember the, like the brown tiles with the lines in them. Yeah. And. You know, so I always felt like that was kind of
1: the ghetto mall as opposed to Smithhaven, which was like. That was one of the ghetto ghetto malls. Smithhaven
0: wasn't bougie. Roosevelt Field was bougie, but Smithhaven
1: was definitely the better. That was a mega mall. I mean, Smithhaven was a mega mall. It wasn't as bougie and upclass as Roosevelt Field in Nassau County because Roosevelt Field not only was bigger, but it had Nordstrom, it had Bloomingdale's. The anchor stores at Smithhaven Mall were Macy's, Sears, Penny's, and whatever the other one was, Montgomery Ward or whatever. So, you know, the higher end stores were in roosevelt field but they were roosevelt field and smithhaven mall were both mega malls Sunvet mall that you're referring to was never a mega mall it was a t- it was a mall it was an indoor mall but it was on a smaller scale and it was attached to as you said a supermarket it was really like the anchor store in there i remember growing now by the time you were able to remember Sunvet Mall, mall was already decaying half the stores in there were closed all that stuff i remember it from being little, it was much different in there. It was much busier, and everything was full. There was a pizzeria that was there, and Mom and Dad back in the day, very many years ago, used to food shop there because it was it was a quick jump from Medford to just hop on Sunrise Highway and go up to Sunvet Mall. Now PJ's parents, Mister and Missus Williams, always shop food shop there up until I was you know out of college. They always food shop there, so I was very familiar with that mall in every state of its being. And that was the mall where me and PJ, as adults, used to drive and play Samurai Showdown, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all the fighting games that we were into. That's where we used to go, because that's where PJ always invokes the name of Fat Eric. <laughs> he always has the Fat Eric stories. Who's the stories? Who's the Fat Eric? Was the guy who ran the arcade, worked in the arcade, and you know he he would always Fat Eric would always regale us with the nerdiest tales of, like, anime and comic books and video games and stuff like that. But it, he was always lying. You know, he was always lying. He was, like, the playground kid that would lie about the secrets in Zelda. But now he's, like, 30 years old. Right, you right. know, he never stopped doing it. So, but I remember, I do remember that Sunvet Mall being, like, very busy. It was all full. There was a gap there. That's the oldest. You know how you think of, like, the gap is so funny in this conversation because the gap is the one mainstay that you saw – evolve with the times and the gap always stayed the logo changed they updated and the gap really grew into something especially with banana republic and old navy and the company kind of growing but that the gap was always there and the gap i remember that was the first gap that i remember there being a gap like what the hell is the gap as a little kid that was the first gap i remember and there were other stores in there by the time You know, 1991, 92, 93, 94 rolled around, Where you're talking about. It was already all but over. There was like a comic book store in there, the arcade, Pathmark was still open, and maybe a pizzeria and the Gap, and then everything else was kind of shut down. You know, maybe there was one of those cheesy, chintzy art stores with the, you know, those things, you know, that we know from mall rats, like, you know, see the image, the hidden image, which, by the way, I have never, ever seen a hidden image. Me neither. You too, same thing? Can't see it. I can't see it. Can't ca- see it. Never. Still once, think it's a
0: conspiracy. Actually. Never
1: one time. It's a sailboat. Yeah,
0: it's, a, a it's a schooner. <laughs> it's a schooner. A schooner is a sailboat, you idiot. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <clears throat> no, I, I. I, Yeah, I don't think those are things at all anymore. For people that don't know, there were these like weird scattered images where if you're supposed to stare at it like in a certain perspective or for long enough, you're supposed to see like an image pop out. I yeah. never saw it. Fix your gaze a certain way. Never, never saw it. Never. Not one time. Nope, never. I totally agree. And I think that's why they went away. It's because fucking no one saw it. Right. Were they lying? It's bullshit. I, I think it might be. Well, on this note. Yeah. John Fazio wrote in and said in Auburn, Maine, there sits a mall that has not been updated since the 80s. It's literally the wildest thing I've ever seen. All the lights inside are the old neon color. And even the sign outside is ripped out of the 80s. I also want to note that these days it's a very sad mall with a little open. Walking through it gives me a somber feeling, like the apocalypse happened and I'm looking at the remains of how life used to be. I would suggest plugging it into Google and see if you can find this bad boy. P.S. I just wanted to say hi to Dagan and tell him that I find him very
1: kind and insightful. Who who is this thing? This was John Fazio. Hi, John. Thank you very much, my friend. You're very kind.
0: And Matthew Clarkson wrote in and said, wow, I have so much input about malls, but I won't go too much into it. The last two months I have gotten into dead retail. YouTube has so many good channels on it, I recommend the Dead Mall series by Dan Bell. Some of these malls are stuck in the 80s and 90s with never changing the decor. What seems to be happening in stores like Sears, Macy's and others, which are the big anchor stores, are moving out and leaving a ton of space that no one seems to be able to occupy. As a teen, I love the mall. We would go every Saturday and talk to the music store employees and just loiter. It's sad, but I see them going away at some point in the next 10 years. I love that. I wanted to read about, I wanted to mention this because I. When I was going through this, I, I actually Googled dead malls and there's a Flickr account uh, that's dedicated to this. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a tag on there or something. And it really is wild to, like, look at the pictures of these malls that are, it's very sad. And, you know, a sign of the times And I guess I can't help but think about all of the, the money lost and all of the jobs lost and the hopes and dreams of people that opened a store in the mall. And, you know, I don't know, maybe that's the personal kind of touch that I I feel about the yeah that I feel about things but it is sad like Sunvet there was a melancholy to it you know yeah and there is a melancholy to these dying structures and this so I, I people should just Google dead malls I didn't watch that YouTube series yet that the other guy recommended John but there is something about it that is both intriguing I actually wrote in my notes here it reminds me of Chernobyl like if you got for people that don't know Chernobyl in Eastern European, kind of, there was a nuclear meltdown there. No one's allowed within, like, you know, my hundreds of miles of it or whatever. There's, like, a sarcophagus, a concrete sarcophagus around this, you know, power plant that melted down. And people go there on, like, little adventures. And, like, there's, like, a whole tourist, like, a kind of a black market tourist thing where people go to this place and it's dead. And, like, you can go into apartment buildings where people, like, left their plates set out but when they were evacuated and shit like that. And there's something very eerie and spooky about it. And that kind of reminds me of this dead malls thing. And it is it is weird. And they're slowly being knocked down and kind of raised and made space for new new structures or just open areas and stuff. And I don't know. It is kind of sad. You know, yeah, even though, but again, even though we all contribute or certainly I have contributed to the demise of the mall. I don't right. buy shit, you know, in stores. Anymore.
1: Well, it's convenience. And, you know as roads get more crowded and traffic gets worse, it's just, and and life gets busier and everything. It's just, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of sad because it's these dying once thriving centers of commerce and activity and happy people and happy families. And now there's sort of these decaying and decrepit, you know, centers of, of commerce that were once so important, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's sad. It's sad. So Kyle, in the spirit of that, I wanted to talk to you about, you were talking, we're talking about sort of malls that were stuck stuck in time. We had one. I referred to it a little earlier. I don't know if you ever knew about this. Me and PJ and I, PJ, my best friend who comes up a lot in the podcast, sort of, sort of like Tommy, unofficial member of the knockback podcast. But we had a mall on Long Island. I believe it's in Babylon. Ironically, that's the town PJ lives in now. It's either in Babylon or Bayshore that we called Time Warp Mall. And it was literally, a, it looked like it was a mega mall that was just Eventually, just it was off our radar as kids for some reason, but it was still open in the early and mid '90s, and it just looked like you were walking into a mall in 1982. Nothing was changed. It even looked. It was really odd because even even the arcade games were the same, and even like the clothing in the stores looked like it never even. It was the oddest thing, but it was still open. It was still open for business. It was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing ever. So it's so funny to hear that other people had those. Oh, for sure. You know that's so neat. Yeah, as things consolidated and as things
0: closed, I guess people, you know, or these whatever organizations own these malls couldn't can keep up with it. And maybe the rent was low enough to attract stores that were in turn not able to keep up with the times and so on and so forth. And it's like a death spiral. Wow, that's
1: interesting theory. Yeah, I like that.
0: But what's what I want to mention here is we you know begin to wrap up. We're not quite wrapping up yet, but we have to talk about food, right? Absolutely. Of course, Joe Finelli or Joey Finelli, I'm sorry, wrote into us and said best place to eat in the mall. Hot dog on a stick was our go to.
1: In the early nineties, what was your favorite it. place to eat in the mall? You know, what one of my favorites was, and I think it's nostalgic for me because, just because it's one of those icons that was always there. Forgive me if um, I wanted to ask about the pronunciation of this place, Sparrow. Sparrow. Oh, Sabaro. 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 Yeah, pizza and Italian cuisine. I always liked Sabaro. I liked a nice salad. I liked a nice piece of pizza.
0: Yeah, it was definitely mall fair. It reminds me of the office when. Michael goes to New York City to go to the corporate offices, <laughs> right. he and, he, about- and he talks about how he gets a New York slice of pizza, and he goes to Sabaro. It's amazing. Like the, yeah, I forgot the best. About that. The best. Dagan, for by the way has just gotten. in. Well, you're almost done with it, but you just started watching The Office. Like, yeah, a few months, months ago. ago. Yeah, I'm almost on season eight, and I'm so proud of him because it's so it's what a, what an amazing show. Oh my god, so good. We will be definitely doing a knockback on the Office. Oh, def- oh, for sure. I love it. I'm watching it again myself. So. And that's got to be like the third or fourth time through for me. I just love it. And I just put on random episodes sometimes. Just Did you watch
1: it that many times through? It is really oh, that good.
0: Definitely. And they're only 24 minutes each. So it's like you can watch an entire season in like a night. Yeah, if they're you really quick. Wanted to. Yeah, they're quick. So. Oh, yeah. And, and I watched it. I started watching it in college. So it's been a long time. for me. It's old. I'm but, embarrassed. Oh, no, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Everyone misses something that's great. Right. So, yeah, Sabara was good. I think a Fox Run Mall and I guess this is a boring choice, but Fox Run Mall in New Hampshire had a Burger King. I don't know if it's still there. And I always thought that, uh, that was really cool. Yes. And there was a restaurant, a sit down restaurant in there called the Blake's that was like probably nothing special, but it was like a nice little treat for me. And there was a restaurant, which was a chain. I don't know if it exists anymore outside of the mall called the Bickford's. Do you remember Bickford's? I do from living in Connecticut. And I loved Bickford's. Bickford's. I fucking
1: loved Bickford's. You dude. did? Oh, I loved it.
0: Like a Denny's. Yeah. Or a ex- Perkins. Exactly. And I just mom and I used to eat there all the time, and I I just loved Bickfords. You know, do you I just, remember
1: the commercials for Bickfords with the baby? I don't think so. All right, for, I don't remember this exactly. So forgive me if I'm talking out of turn. But we when we lived in Connecticut, I never knew what Bickfords was before I moved to Connecticut. So it must be a New England thing, right? We we ate at Bickfords, but they had commercials for Bickfords with this baby. I don't remember exactly what it was. We have to look it up on YouTube, you guys. We we got my friends and I got so mad at it that we stopped going to Bickfords. <laughs> That's it how bad the, exact the commercials were. Effect. It was terrible. It
0: was like those Quiznos ads that we're, everyone we're hated. We're not
1: eating at bigfords anymore. <laughs> Packed. Right now, we're not eating at bigfords anymore. So I got to go look up these commercials and remember what incensed us about it. But that's my recollection of Bickford's. So where do you want to go from here? Uh, well, well is food, there court, anything food court's very important. Yeah, Part please. of the mall experience, right? Because we talked about, you talked about Panda Express, right? Burger King was actually a, a nice pull because Burger King was in a lot of malls. Burger King was not in Smithhaven Mall, but oddly enough, it was in Roosevelt Field. And But I really remember the food court in Smithhaven Mall, I think because it was such a meeting place for us. And inevitably, no matter what our adventure involved that day at the mall, it always involved the food court, whether it was Auntie Anne's pretzels, or you know, soft pretzels were definitely a big thing, or just popcorn, or if we were going to eat at S- Sbarro or Panda Express, Chick Fil A later became a thing in the mall, but you know it was cool because you could choose from Italian, Chinese, Japanese, salads, smoothies, orange Julius, right? Burgers, pizza. It was just fun. It was a fun bit of nostalgia, and also kind of, kind of nice because it was before the health food thing started taking over. You know, we didn't have Jamba Juice. We had Orange Julius. We had a little crappy. You know, this it was probably as bad as drinking root beer. Right. Right. And it was we had the nice greasy burger and the fries. It was before the gluten free. There's a, you know, there's gluten free is nice if that makes you feel good. But this was a time of simplicity. Right, of course. You know, and just fun. Not hoity toity. Not hoity toity. Yeah. No organic. No. You know, locally sourced.
0: No, definitely no. Orange Julius was definitely not locally <laughs> Absolutely sourced. Absolutely
1: not. No, no
0: idea there where that chicken. No, there was The from. only
1: thing orange about Orange Julius was the color. No, exactly. There was no actual who, citrus involved. Yeah, who and the hell knew that. what that shit was made of? <laughs>
0: No, the food court was it was essential. And I that's actually something that I really like looked forward to. You know, like I looked forward to the Me going too. to the mall for the food. And when I worked at IGN, it's funny, I guess I should. It, this is really the malls of the 80s and 90s, which is what this is about. But I must say that at IGN, we basically when we worked it's still in the suburbs before we moved in before the company moved into San Francisco in 2010. We all lived in San Francisco, but we, we worked in Brisbane, which is this little, you know, shit town basically outside of of South City. And there was a mall nearby called Ceramante Mall. And there was another mall called Tanfran, which was kind of like the nicer mall. And we would basically live at these malls. And I swear to God, we would take two or three hour lunch breaks all the time. Just go to the mall, go to Target, walk around. Nice. Go get McDonald's. There was a McDonald's and a Burger King in there and like all sorts of things. And that was basically like my last remembrance of the mall. And even then, I wasn't buying anything there. You right. know, I wasn't I was just going to eat and, you know, not work. Yeah, basically
1: it was just a place to go exactly place to go it exactly a, it was a fun place to go and there are a few more things i want to talk about with you coffee have the time now it is getting late no please we love you guys so we don't mind going late it's 1 30 i believe it is it's its 130 it's 124 this is how we do here at Knockback. but well, we've here recorded way we've recorded way later than this before oh absolutely yeah the night is but a puppy my friends the Ooh, night is i young. like that i'm losing my voice oh but that's all right yeah keep going oh, please keep going I'll, I'll go until it's all the way no no balls I'll keep going until you it's no gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> You'll just be you know, m- pantomiming into the microphone. We That's don't no have good. to do this. Oh, we have to do this tomorrow once. But other than that, we don't have to do this again until until February. I'll, I'll throw my voice away. I don't care. I don't have to talk to anybody. That would be perfect. Sorry, work. Please. T- <laughs> so, so, okay. So I'm going to talk to you about one thing that I wrote that this is a very, a very still, this is still stings. This still stings for me, Kyle. You ready for this? Yes. I call it the great lament. Parts A and B Whoa. about them all. Okay? Here's the first thing. When I was getting a little older, now KB we talked about KB Toys. R.I.P. went under a year ago or so, right? Oh, really? I KB, even... KB Toys is okay. KB Toys is gone. No, it was actually longer than that. Something in the Toys R Us. Toys R Us was about a year ago. KB Toys has been gone for a while. Everybody laments KB Toys, all us nostalgia, dorks, and nerds and video games you know, retro video game nerds, we all lament, and toy people, we all lament the loss of KB, but here's the thing about KB that I remember, when it was still in its heyday, and it was still in the malls, we all enjoyed KB, we all bought our stuff there, our video games, and our toys, and everything, when I was already older, and junior, late in junior high school, and high school, I was done with toys, you know, I was one of those people that held on to the, you know, wasn't like today, and again, especially if you're younger, it really wasn't like today, guys, where it was accept cool and indeed acceptable but indeed cool to be a nerd you you felt that social pressure to stop playing with toys and to stop just to grow up and girls and whatever you get sports and whatever it was going to be right so i held on especially for somebody of my generation i held on quite a while but by the time i was in seventh grade it was over but i remember going to kb and it's funny it's such a bittersweet memory but i remember being with my friends some of who, like Pat, my friend Pat, who's come up in the podcast before, were still nerds. You know, we were aging nerds. Maybe we weren't playing with toys anymore, but we loved comics and we loved anime and we loved manga and all that kind of stuff. And we were the guys, especially Pat and I, we would kind of sneak into KB, you know, and we look look around. And I think it was sort of like, it's so sad because we were only a year or two or three from away from those, that age of still collecting toys and still playing with toys. And I think we were still holding on to that a little bit. And we would go down the aisles and still look at things and, you know, half parodying it and making fun of it, but sort of, I think, missing it and, you know, oh, check this out. This is kind of neat. And I remember seeing some of those really cool things that I had missed, like the Matchbox Robotech toys and that wave, that next third or fourth wave of G.I. Joe figures, which I already, was already kind of intimate with because I had a little brother, But and the Star Wars, Star Wars toys and everything. I just, and seeing those things marked down, like especially the Matchbox Robotech toys and stuff like that, and just, my God, wishing I had the foresight. You know, some of those action figures were like 39 cents, you know, on the card, the, you know, whatever it was, like the Voltron Castle of Lions, the, the Castle of Lions, or, you know, the, the different Robotech, like the Battle Pod and the, and the Valkyries and stuff like that for like pennies on the dollar marked down because no one was buying them. You know, some of the old Ninja Turtles toys just all marked down. And I wish I had the foresight to have those things. Not so I could have them because they're worth a lot now and some of them are, just to have them in the box and in the pack as, a, as, a, as an, an aged nerd now. Oh my God, dude. And part B of this lament is seeing those, especially, I remember very specifically seeing Neo Geo, uh, Neo, actually, Neo Geo and TurboGrafx CD games. Didn't do very well in the States. So software, etc., and Babbage's and Electronics Boutique had them all marked down, you know, after a fashion. You would see a Neo Geo game for like $20, a, a TurboGrafx-CD game. You know, a lot of them were so alluring to us because we knew what anime was, and a lot of us had those cool anime covers. Pennies on the dollar, dude. I remember seeing like three ninety nine, dollars whatever it was, you know, and just, oh my God, like just not – just having the force. If I knew know. now. Yeah, you just didn't know. It happened to if all. Of I us knew then, at some point. right? What I knew now, just to snatch it all up and just to have it for posterity. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, I I just think back to those specific memories, and it's so like uh so bittersweet. Like I, it was so cool to have it, and I did. I remember do I did grab a couple of the Robotech figures and stuff. It's like oh, cool, look, but you know, here's Rand, and here's like one of the Robotech masters and stuff. But it was like kind of few and far between right you know we right. did, we should have just snatched it all up sure just pulled our money and snatched it all up that day oh i
0: i, I still have dreams every so often to this day yeah. of buying gi joes in the store and like what that was like carting through them and oh, the feel of the bubble and like all of that kind of stuff oh absolutely so cool. very nostalgic very now. nostalgic memory and i'm still you know i'm still dead set once i have space i'm just gonna i'm buying all the gi joes i'm buying every one of them
1: I you care. gotta do it. I don't
0: care how much it you costs. You gotta do
1: it. No, you gotta And
0: I really think it's actually becoming more affordable as far as I understand. I think G.I. Joe collecting is kind of waning a little bit. Is it really? I think so. That's cool. So, you know, I was I was on Yo Joe looking at which is a web a you know, website that I look at way great too often. Great site, great site. And I just look at it just way too often. And <laughs> Just I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go through all of the 1986 G.I. Joe's today and just look at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like looking at their message boards and like what things are going for and stuff. And I'm like, this isn't as expensive not as I thought it was. You know, like I I really think you could buy every G.I. Joe, not carded, but I think you could buy every complete loose G.I. Joe with all their weapons and, you know, their backpacks and and all of that. You could probably spend a few grand and probably even get most Have of everything. It. And that's not bad. That's not terrible. That's no. good enough for me. You know, like. <laughs> To have my little room It would make you happy my friend Oh it would make me happy It would definitely make me happy. There's one more question or comment I wanted to read before we go that I thought was pretty interesting. This one comes from Matt Kurilowski, who says, did you guys ever go do into a chain store called The Nature Company? We had one locally in Ardmore, Pennsylvania in an outdoor mall, and I think about it from time to time. The store had new age music with pan flute type stuff playing all the time, plants all around and water features. The decor reminded me of a Legends of the Hidden Temple. They also sold rock gems and books about nature. Between 96 to 2000, most of the stores were converted to Discovery Channel stores, and by 2001, they were all gone. The store lost the time, but I can still remember walking in there every chance I could just to look around the water fountains and enjoy the jungle
1: ambience. I, only, I bring
0: that up only because there were these really weird. What was that one?
1: Brookstone
0: is another yes. mall. Another mall store. Oh,
1: deep cut. Good call. I remember both. I remember that right. and the nature company. Sure. Absolutely. Where I it mean, was
0: just like, yeah, these ra- like I don't know who was buying anything in these stores. It was like so random and weird. Very zen. But yeah, but you I would always go into and just see what like what was there. And i always kind of curious, like, well, what who is bu- like, what is this for? Who's absolutely. buying this I shit? Totally and the answer, though. I guess, was not many people. Not because, many
1: people. Yeah. Because eventually defunct.
0: Yeah, so I love that's another interesting memory of the stores. Yeah, we have all the clothes and all the video games and the toys and stuff. But yeah, there were these really random one-off tchotchke stores almost. You know, another one is Spencer's for me. Oh, of course. Which was gag gifts and
1: in perverted things and inappropriate things. I wasn't things. even allowed in there when I was little because it was inappropriate. I think when it was Spencer Gifts before it became Spencer's. I remember when it was really racy in there. I mean, I could be imagining it too as a kid, but I remember like... And, you know, our aunts and mom being like, no, you can't go in there. You know, it's not for you. Right. I I remember. I mean, it's
0: so corny now, but I remember my friend Chris buying a sticker in there and put it on his car. It said something like it said or marijuana.
1: At least it's not crack or something like that. On- <laughs> <laughs> and he put it on his car. Which I, thought was funny. I always love bumper stickers, but I, we always put them on our boards on our skateboards. You know, we would find the craziest ones, the cheesiest ones. And I remember, like, going through, like, even the mall or just going to Port Jeff and going to the bumper stickers and just, like, getting the cheesiest ones. Yeah, Yeah, it's awesome. So fun.
0: Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we what, up?
1: I mean, I think about it. You would think about it in a similar fashion, I'm sure. I mean, I always think about, you know, being a video game, such a video game nerd then and now. I always think about the various eras of the mall from the 70s and 80s and 90s and in the in the various years. And I always sort of mark it in my memory by what video games are in the arcade. And thinking back, especially I want to just touch on this for a minute, Time Out. We had Time Out arcades. I know some people had Aladdin's Castle and some people had other chains. In the Northeast, we had Time Out. And they, such a big part of my fond memories of going to the mall and also sort of emblematic of how different the mall was back then where I remember in the 70s and into the 80s and maybe even into the 90s, you know, you remember those, old, those big kids, late teens, early 20s, those guys, they have the mustaches and the mullets and the trucker hats and they're smoking a cigarette and they're playing Dragon's Lair and it's dark in there and it's atmospheric and the only light is the light coming from the arcade cabinets. You know, I just have such fond memories. I mean, it's re- really where my lust for this stuff and my, my nerdom really started. And it's so nostalgic for me to think back to those times of being able to go to the arcade and just, you know, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't even magazines really about video games. It was just going and discovering something new in the wild and just, just how cool that was, you know. But I wanted to ask you, Kyle, after that very brief tribute to Time Out, I, P.S. I miss you, Time Out. What were some of your favorite arcade games in you know in the arcade in the mall for instance what what, what were some of your favorites you know through time miss pac-man's probably my favorite classic i really really love
0: that game i know you have an, an adoration for that game love too it. absolutely love and it. the story the famous moriarty story but i think it was your communion or dana's communion of you guys rented the machine for one day that was a big thing in our neighborhood yeah and so you know, I really have a great adoration for that game. And I, and I mentioned it in another podcast is that I really want to own that machine. I, I It's a very nostalgic game for me and I, a game I really, really love. And it's just a timeless game. To- totally timeless. I would put Space Invaders and Arkanoid in there too. I really love Arkanoid. I especially love Arkanoid with the wheel in not the ball, not the trackball, but the wheel yes, version of, of Arkanoid. Course. I think yeah. it's awesome. Great so game. in terms of classic games, that's what I remember the most. And then I think the game that I remember the most, and I remember playing it most at timeout. And I remember playing it, at Brookhaven Multiplex is, you know, Street Fighter 2 was like an, a complete obsession. Oh, of course, you know, for me. And, you know, I, I guess I don't know if I may maybe, maybe boy, you know, playing it up on my mind a little bit, but I was pretty young and I was taking people on in that game when I was a kid, you know, like absolutely. You could hold your own. Definitely. Yeah. Like th- that's definitely true. Putting the quarter down. These kids are all 16, 18, 20, 25. I'm seven, eight and they and I'm playing and I'm playing with them, you know, and I'm really holding it and I'm yeah. beating them some of them you the, know putting
1: the quarter down was just like oh that was such a thing
0: and i remember very clearly going to, to i don't know if it was timeout it was because i think it's timeout was in Sunvet. was timeout also in smith haven
1: i don't know what the one no, in Sunvet the, was I, smith haven had timeout but then later on it had another arcade right. as well in the back
0: yes i think that's the one i'm thinking of okay. and i remember going there with you and peege playing mortal Kombat 2 for the first yes, time that's where that was and how blown away we played as like reptile and it was like a whole like I remember
1: I I fucking hate Mortal Kombat, but at the time, but at the time I I I actually was like you know trying to be into it. We loved it. It was something new. Right, exactly. People passing around the move sheet, the printed out, stapled together move sheet. Right,
0: and I remember I have just very clear recollections of playing that with you guys there, and. You know, so I think it was it was a combination of fighting, And then later, so it was the fighting games. But later on, I was also kind of enamored. And I'm not a racing fa- fan at all. Like, I'm really not. But playing like San Francisco Rush and the games that you had to like sit down on. Absolutely. Or like the motorcycle games, like the Sega games, like M- Moto GT or whatever the hell it was called. And Hang On. And Hang On, right. Yeah. Like I enjoyed those games too. The star the old Star Wars arcade game from the early 90s or the early eighties rather. Oh, that's on my is a list. is a classic. Absolutely. So, you know, and then actually later on in the late nineties when we started getting DDR and stuff like that, I really enjoyed that. You were you good at that game? I those was okay at it. Games? There was one specific version that Ali had purchased on PS two. We had the pad and everything. I don't know if you remember that. No. And there so Ali got it for Christmas or something on PS2. And I don't know what it was. Like Dance Dance Revolution Remix 2. Or I don't know what. There's a million of them. And th- I I was good at that version of it. And there was that version in some of the arcades. So I knew the songs. Oh, that's cool. And there was one in even in Massachusetts in like the early 2000s when I lived up there. There was like that was still there and I used to play it. And it was
1: a lot of fun. That's and, awesome. Know, and kind of like terrible at those games.
0: Yeah, I, it, was, it was. It was an interesting, you know, kon- you know, an interesting Konami game. So yeah. So, yeah, th- those are the games I kind of remember the most. Uh, the one thing, the, the genre or genres that I stayed away from the most were things that I could play most reasonably at home. I-, I didn't find it fun to play. Like, there are versions of Super Mario Brothers and Ninja Gaiden and stuff like that that you can play in the arcades. And yeah, I never, absolutely. even Mega Man, I never cared. I never about. never played the, like, that one. It was weird. You know, like, I played Power Battle, but I didn't play Power Battle, which was an arcade Mega Man game until I was at IGN. We had it. Okay. Um, and on a machine. But... I didn't find the side scrollers like people were really attracted. Like there was an original Super Mario Brothers machine in Time Out and people were attracted to play on. But why would you want to play with a joystick and shit? It's just weird. It's like, I don't even know how you play a game like that. So I always stayed away from the things that were kind of antithetical to the or actually that's the exact opposite. I stayed away from the things that were most in line with the home experience and played the things that i felt were most catered obviously to arcades so it was a lot of like the old arcade games from before my time that i really enjoyed against space invaders arkanoid miss pac-man stuff like that centipede whatever absolutely And you know Cubert, and then oh cubit of course the the fighting games, yeah. and even movie, you know, and and honestly, also, even though it's not mall, we've talked about in the past, the the Neo Geo machine at Ground Round with Magician Lord and Samurai Showdown and uh, World Fighters. What was that game? Uh, World Heroes. World Heroes. Yeah, that's very memorable for me too. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so funny how many of our games on the on the on your list you just mentioned overlapped. I don't know if you I don't know if I, you left off any. Yeah, I have a shout out to Star Wars, the Vector game that you were talking about, Dragon's Lair, Kangaroo, Miss Pac Man. Every Street Fighter 2 game, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Dark Stalkers, and Night Warriors. I was in love with those games. Talk about character design. We'll do a show on that eventually. Samurai Spirits, you know, slash Samurai Showdown, especially 2, Donkey Kong, Double Dragon, Space Ace. I was in love with Chase HQ, talking about driving games. That was. Which what, you used the, to play at Ragtime. That was at Ragtime. Yeah, where? that was at Ragtime too. I played that game wherever I could. I loved that game. That's one of my favorite games of all time, actually uh outrun magician lord you just mentioned berserk i love magician lord. magician lord is such a good game dude i still never beat that game and i had an emulator for a while i had an emulator for a while I cannot beat that game berserk one of my earliest arcade cabinets we didn't really get a chance to talk about arcade cabinets today but god that was such a big part we could do a experience. whole other thing on arcades just the artwork on the side of arcade cabinets i mean if you want to credit one thing with me going into art that might be the one thing you know it was unbelievable and inf- inf- so influential to me. Space Ace, Bad Dudes. Yeah, Bad Dudes is great. P- did you like the NES port? No. Horrible, yeah, horrible. yeah, really bad. You had to have it. You had to play. It. You had right. to have it. But eventually I owned it. But ugh. TMNT Arcade, Golden Axe. Oh, and Captain, yeah. And Captain Commando.
0: Loved Captain Commando is a good one. So good. with a, That was ported to the NES, too. The
1: TMNT Arcade Games, excellent. Simpsons Arcade Game, also oh, excellent. Oh, so good. Did I tell you about the Simpsons Arcade Game? I don't know. They had it. There was an arcade down at the shore in Ocean City where I spent a lot of time with my family over the summer. Went to one of the, you know, one of the schlocky arcades there. They had the Simpsons cabinet, four-player Simpsons cabinet, Konami. Pretty good shape. Was They had it selling it for $800. Is that a good price? For That's it? a good price, dude. That's a four-way arcade cabinet. That thing goes for like four grand. I was like, I told, I asked Elena, I was like, should I just, she's like, where are we going to put it right now? And the I garage, guess, like, yeah. Is, yeah. You could know. have at least flipped it. But yeah, it's yeah. And also shout out to X-Men, which was another yes, brand arcade. Definitely. Game. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, that was a brilliant one.
0: There's a place in San Diego that had this like, I don't know what they did to it. It was like this really interesting. It was the original X-Men arcade game from the early 90s. But in this weird, weird like high, someone like made a custom cabinet for or oh, something cool. with like multiple TVs. And then like it was really it was really wild. That, but it was awesome. the original
1: game. I was like, this is fucking cool as hell. Yeah, it was really, really neat. Actually, yeah. Derek was just telling me when you get down there, you're going to go down there tomorrow. Ask him, his best friend, you'll remember him, I forgot his name, but he got involved somehow with a friend of his in obtaining and restoring old arcade machines. Oh,
0: he sent me this on Instagram, but I messaged him oh, back on Instagram and said, like, he, it's private, Todd. Todd. It, it's private, like, I can't
1: see oh, okay. the, the picture. Dude, know? they're doing, like, beautiful work. They're making, they're re- fully restoring with the artwork, and they're doing, like, ground effects and lighting. Some of them are, some of them stand-up arcade cabinets, and some of them are tabletop. But gorgeous, man. The, I don't know. I might do, you know do you know what on the machine
0: these? is I covet the most? The, is, is, the, is the cocktail table Arkanoid. Oh, so and, cool. Uh, and, and cocktail table Space Invaders. And there was a guy. Well, there was a place called uh, Underdogs, which I used to go to all the time in San Francisco, which was like a bar and burrito place. It was really cool. It was like okay. in my neighborhood. Okay. And I lived in like a really Chinese neighborhood. So it was like one of the only places that served Western food. So it was really like attractive if you didn't want to have more, you know, Chinese or more yeah. Vietnamese or whatever oh, the case funny. might be. So I used to go there quite often. And I straight up offered the dude, I was like, I'll give you $1,000 for this for this Arkanoid table. What did he say? And he was like, no, no. You know, I'm like, I'll, I'm like, you are literally letting people eat and put beer all over this fucking machine. Right. Destroying like, I, I will t- I will, t- I will take it. I want both of them, but I really want the Arkanoid table. You I know? think, yeah, that would be amazing. And they, yeah, I, I, and I was, first of all, die. I was way under, way underselling it. I was definitely worth way more than $1,000, but
1: I was like, I'll give you a grand to take this thing right the fuck right, out Right, right now. Yeah, like. And that has the dials, not the trackball. Yeah, right? it has the dial. McGlinchey's yeah. in Philly, the bar McGlinchey's in Philly had one of those, and it did. It had the dials. I was so bad at that game. I love, love, you know, because the original is Breakout.
0: I have no affinity for Breakout. Arkanoid is the shit.
1: Yeah, that's a, such a fun game.
0: I just, don't know why. Brick breaking games are just so, they're so basic, but I, I love them. There's the something. The physics
1: are so cool in that.
0: Yeah, game. there's something really fun it's about tough. it. And yeah, cocktail. T- I, th- it's funny because I think it was your orthodontist or Dana's or whoever had the cocktail table for space invaders in their office. And I remember used to always wanting to go to the appointments. It, it was probably not you because it was maybe a little, it was probably Dana or Allie. And I used to always want to go because I always it was free.
1: Oh, you like it was just free. It. it was just free, like just uh, to pass
0: the time. And I, I just like sat there like that's a reason to go. Yeah,
1: for absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, well, dig, that's basically all I have to say about them all. How about you? Do
1: you have any other notes? That you want? You to know what? I'm just going to go through and name these now defunct. I believe most of these are now defunct. I apologize if you're not defunct and you're on this list. May you live long and prosper. <laughs> but I'm gonna go through and just name these old stores that we once cherished. And if they're not defunct, they're at least a lot less prominent now. So here we go, Kyle. And you'll remember a lot of these. Orange Julius, mm-hmm. Sabaro, Yep, Esprit, Oh, of course. Is Esprit still around? Esprit is a weird one because it that was so used popular. to be a store, mm-hmm. but now I think it's a clothing brand. It's just still. a brand. Yeah. It's a, it's a clothing it's brand. The, it's
0: the one with the... Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember it it, yeah, it was like jeans. And, yeah. They yeah. used to have,
1: what, a unicorn or a horse? Yeah. It was... Yeah. Because I, I remember, yeah, Allie and Dana, I think, wore them or one of them. Yeah. It, like, yeah. The they, they were 80s. definitely of their generation yeah. for sure. Their generations. Um, but I think it's still a brand that like Target carries and stuff like that. All cotton. Which I don't remember that. It's A U cotton, cotton with one one T, I believe. But okay. Helene, I don't remember that. Really laments that one. Helene being a little younger than me, so it might just be a generational. And that thing. was a clothing store for clothing women. store, yeah, women's clothing store, Benetton. Benetton. The United Colors of Benetton. I don't remember that. You know, that's another coo- no, that's another very coo- preppy. Um, always had like a very, always had an image of like, um. You know, Unity, there was always a bunch of different, a diverse collection of kids, you know, pictured with the clothing. Really cool, really cool. I I definitely was in the Benetton for a little while as as a young, like, junior high school guy. Walden Books. Oh, of course. Babbage's. Of course. Sam Goody. Of course. Electronics Boutique. Yep. Time Out. Yes. Deb. Deb Yeah, Deb was... That
0: was clothes and like makeup and stuff like that? Women's clothing.
1: Women's clothing, yeah. I think girl, you know, girl's clothing. Right, right. Casual Corner, which I don't remember what that is actually. Casual Corner. Well, I don't remember that either. Gadzooks. Don't know if I remember what Gadzooks is, but I definitely remember seeing it. Fashion Bug. That I remember, yeah. Chess King. Merry go round. Sharper image, we talked about a little bit. Radio Shack, which I don't remember being in the malls, but I saw pictures of them. They were in the malls b dalton yeah that was a bookstore that was a big one i probably bought all my calvin and books calvin and Hobbes books at b dalton
0: yeah there was one in new hampshire i used to go to for sure yeah i used to buy star wars figures there too because they were selling star wars figures there and oh. I, they had they had like really they like for some reason just had everything i needed all the time like I, I remember cool. i remember buying
1: ugnaughts there yeah oh wow yeah all the way back then mm-hmm. um bombay company camelot music borders Coconuts, coconuts. R.I.P. Borders. Yeah, coconuts. Big Borders. Big yeah, coconut. Border, oh, Borders. Borders, Borders was lasted. Awesome. Borders is one of the the ones to go the the most recently. I loved Borders. I liked Borders a lot too. I always enjoyed Borders. Record Town, Strawberries, KB Toys, which we talked about. Toys R Us. Toys R Us is coming back. You saw Toys that. Toys R Us is coming back. As like, Jeffrey's, yeah, Jeffrey's Jeffrey. toy box. I think. Something yes, like that. exactly. But did you see? It's like a little kiosk thing set up in other stores. Oh, oh, that's lame. Which okay. is weird. Yeah, I don't understand the point. Now yet. I don't know if it's going to grow beyond that. Maybe they are just I think starting they need to it let it go. Way. It's it's over. You know. I mean, for it to come back so fast is weird.
0: You went to the Toys R Us when they were closing, right? To try to get yes, deals. So it was I did. Just, it, you I went would, too
1: early or too late? We went a little too early. It lasted a little longer than it lasted like another two months after we were there. You know, they were they hadn't started liquidating yet. So we just went to grab stuff up and just take pictures and stuff like that. The kids bought some stuff. Kinney Shoes, which I remember, that's that's going back a while. Zany Brainy, Tom McCann, that's going back a while. Chee Cheese, which I never ate at. They were they supposedly had fried ice cream. That was like the legend that I went I had fried ice cream, you know, more recently, but Chi Cheese was like, you know, that was a thing. WB Store, Warner Brothers store, R.I.P., I, I like that store a lot. Spencers, we talked about Hickory Farms, Contempo, the Nature Company, Time for Cookies, Tape World, Time for Cookies, Amber. Sears. I wish. it Yeah, Sears best. just died. Yeah, and Lane Bryant. That's what I, all I had. I don't think I missed it. Lane
0: Bryant. That was like girl, female shoes or female clothing. Yeah,
1: girl clothes, maybe shoes too.
0: But yeah, Contem- a few of those. Yeah, struck something. I Contempo.
1: Contempo. I remember Casuals. that. Casuals. <clears throat> I remember that. Very interesting. Good episode. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, it. A fun episode for us to do. That was a fun one. That was a nice walk down memory lane. You know, I'm so nostalgic. It's nice to sort of... uh, Oh, are you? It's so so (laughs) therapeutic for me. You know,
0: it is. It's, it's nice. And I want to a- a- acknowledge before we go, Tyler Mitchell, Dorian Brown, and Joseph Addy, we see your questions. We didn't get to them today. I'm sorry about that. Thank you, guys. For but thank writing. you for submitting them. Remember, you can submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas on patreon.com slash Collins. Last stand. Dagan, before we go, should we do the lightning round? I have a quick lightning round. Let me round, count this up. One, yeah, lightning four, round three, of doom.
1: Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Perfect. I have ten questions.
0: Ten questions for the lightning round of doom. Ten questions. These are lightning
1: round The days of our lives, the sand through the hourglass. Here it is, the hourglass. I'll take a picture of this for you guys when the episodes start going up of this batch. Our lightning round of doom. Malls edition. You ready, Kyle? Yes. All right. Here we go. Babbage's or Electronics Boutique? Electronics Boutique. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? God. Next. (laughs) Um, Orange Julius (laughs) or a Soft Pretzel? Soft Pretzel. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Soft Pretzel or popcorn? Soft Pretzel. I'm going Soft Pretzel, too. Spencers or Hot Topic, Hot Topic. Hot Topic or Journeys? We didn't talk about Journeys. No, I. I uh, hot Topic. Sears or J.C. Sears. Quarters or tokens. Quarters. Oh, the tokens are so annoying. They were annoying. Pizza or Chinese? <sighs> that depends on what you're talking about. In the mall. In the mall. In the mall. Pizza. Yeah. Victoria's Secret. Or Bath and Body Works, Victoria's Secret. There you go. We didn't get to talk about Victoria's Secret. We'll do that another time. Oh my! Yeah, we'll do a whole episode on Victoria's Secret.
0: <laughs> Victoria's Secret. The catalogs were like my first, my first entrance into <laughs> what a, what a woman's body could be. <laughs> Very nice, as it oh, was for many. Madonna, of us. me. Oh Madonna! Oh Madonna. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed our episode about malls. Thank you so much for voting for it over on Patreon. Remember, you can get the show a week early ad free and get other perks by supporting us at patreon.com slash Stand. We'd really appreciate if you do. Those perks carry over to other shows that Collins Last Stand does, including Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, Fireside Chats, the Eclectic Interview Series and Sidequest, the video game channel all about uh, or I'm sorry, the YouTube channel all about video games. Almost got there without flubbing. <laughs> Almost, but not quite. Uh, Dagan, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. It was fun. Thank we have you, one guys. more to do after this. One more. And uh, we appreciate all of you out there. Thank you for supporting the show, whether you listen on Patreon or free feeds. If you listen on the latter, please do consider leaving us a nice review as it helps us out a great deal, whether it's just a written review or just leaving a star review or whatever. If you want to leave us five stars, we really do appreciate that. We'll see you next time for more Knockback. Thanks again. Goodbye. Collins Last Stand Knockback is fan supported over at Patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. The following names are at the producer level or higher on Patreon. And I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart for your incredible kindness and generosity. C.J. Anderson, Morgan Ashley, Ethan Barbie, Sean Battershall, Martin Beck, Fred Bentz, Michael Betts, Eric Bishop, David Bloedel, Mark Boggio, Barrett Boswell, Spencer Brand, Lennon Brixey, Matthew Bersow, Josh Bushing, Austin Bullock, Dylan Burns, Chris Buston, Alex Cabrera, Brian Cacciatolo, Will Caldwell, Luis Cancado, Patrick Harper, William O'Carroll, Brian Chan, Travis Chandler, Sean Chandler, David Chestnut, Simon Conception Jr., Brad Cooley, Cutter Crow, Nick Cummings, Daniel Diamore, Daniel Della Mitchell Durkash, Martha Emery, Joe Finelli, Eric Finkenbeiner, Stefano Fantana, Fodios Frango, Connor Gazian Alexander Gates Michael Gates Salem Ghanem El Ghanem Toothless Gibbon Daniel Glassford Tyler Goodwin Josh Gravelick Miranda Grubba Andres Guzman Caleb Hager Tyler Harris Kyle Hagel Asa Haas Azan Isa El-Ricey Josh Yeager Justin Yeager Greg Juleps Anton K, Jeremy Key James Kinslow III Ryan R. Kittredge Christian Larson Jackson Lastiqua Donald Laws Joe Lawson Don Q. Lee Ashlyn Lee Patrick Leslie Dustin Lewis Keith Adrian Lewis Chad Lewis Mark Liberto Aaron Litwiller Lewin Ray Loper Colin Love Josh M. Ryan T. Mann Peter Mark, Nicholas Mask, Joe McPartlin, Wyatt McVeigh, Dennis Meinshin, Andrew Mendoza, Christopher Middling, Albert Miranda, Patrick Molloy, Betty Ann Moriarty, Abe Mukhtar, Brian Neitch, Josh Netzel, Adam Nix, George Anthony Nunez, Brian Ott, Israel Petrico, Jorge Palomino, Todd Paxton, Brendan Peavy, Marius S. Peterson, Enrique Perez, James Perone, Eric A. Peterson, Jason Pettit, Matthew Plaster, Lawrence F. Prokop, John Quinn, Michael Renner, Peter Reynolds, Jonathan Rice, Toby D. Riebenschneider, Austin Riley, Petro Rose, A.G. Rowe, John Schultz, Chris Schaefer, Michael Shanholtz, Toby Shu, Glendon Cole Simper, Joshua Smallwood, John Tebanillo, Ahmad Tamar, Joseph There, Ben Thompson, Carl Tolman, Tam Tran, Adam Van Curen, Michael Vecchio, Oakley Waldron, Justin Wagaman, Mike Wayne, Tyler Woodall, Corey Wyatt, Tony Zaniga, Casual Missits Gaming, Supershot ST, Wyatt Henry, Throw Seven, Infinite, Madmock Media, Mubarak, Sticks and Crits, Richter 86, That Rescue Guy, Andrew, Ian, Dav 9834, Titus Rex, Donk 2015, Gavin, and Random Guy Radio.